Good evening, America, and welcome to another edition of The Sea Report. I'm your host, Mr. C, coming to you live on this Thursday evening. That would be June 17th, 2021. And yes, 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 the month is moving along quite quickly, and I hope you all are having a good month so far. It's been uh, it's been a pretty steady month, if you ask me. Time is going by pretty quickly. I think this is the fastest retrograde I've ever been through, and that's just fine and dandy for me. Hey, Joy for Trump. Welcome to the show. Good to see you first in the chat room, as always. And again, I hope you're all having a great afternoon. So you might have noticed Joy for Trump. I brought back a Trump flag. It's the new and improved Trump flag. Now, just to be sure, so that this way you are. I mean, you know, I, I have a... <laughs> Awesome. I'm glad. I don't sound like I'm coming from the womb or I'm going into the uh, witness protection program, right? Uh, now, uh, just for those of you who might be curious, um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm real. <laughs> the Trump flag is back. That's right. Uh, I'm very, uh, I don't know, very, very sporadic about things. So, um, some of y'all were were hanging. Hey, what's up, Texan? How's it going, sir? Some of y'all were hanging around this hanging around this afternoon when I was doing a, a sound test. So I just, you know, I'm a Virgo. I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, so I like everything to be pretty on par. And uh, I'm also one to get pretty uh, excited quickly. And you know, the new sound and then the new backgrounds. I want that to be a package deal. So um, I will be diligently working on getting you guys better sound. Now I have the equipment. Um, thank, uh, thank goodness to you all. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, um, I'll be working on, it's all tech stuff. It's all tech stuff. Uh, we're talking about like bit rate speeds and all this other things that I'm learning right now. So I'll parse my way through that and I'll have all of that set up back, but it was pretty cool having it there for the 100th episode. Wouldn't you say? I'd say so anyway. So, but in the meantime, Hey, you see good, uh, the gold pills over at the foxhole go to good things. So I was able to get me a new Trump flag with the gold pills. I got me a new American flag. Cause the other one I had was a scarf. Um, well, I mean, I, it was, it was a printed cloth you know, scarf, printed cloth, I guess it's just in all in how you wear it, right? So anyways, so I'd had that and that thing was, oh man, she was definitely a faded glory. I could tell you that. So I need to get, well, the only thing I didn't get to do is I didn't get to press. So uh, yeah, there, you could still see the folds, like they're fresh out of the package. So uh, I think, uh, anything that comes in, in this way, I, I put back into you know what I'm doing here as best as I can, um, and uh, y'all's donations for gold pills. Uh, I mean, it's 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 been a blessing. What can I say? Um, you know, like uh, I'm not used to receiving anything for doing this kind of work. So uh, I mean, I I can't even I can't even express my gratitude and disbelief um, in the support that you all are lending to the show. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart, from my heart to yours. I definitely appreciate uh, appreciate you all out there for supporting um, the C report, and and then that way I can you know it, it's a good boost. You know you keep wanting to bring uh, news, and I just I guess I, I kind of joke that I do this as a public service, you know, um, because I, I for one I'm afforded the time to do it, um, and then for two you know I just I've always I've always wanted to do stuff like this, uh, so I mean it's it's a blessing for me, and I hope it is for you guys as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, let's see who else we got in here uh, before we 
<laughs> before I think I think Joy for Trump is happy with the sound today. <laughs> Blonde Blue Lady Q, welcome to the chat. Poonslayer, I haven't seen you in a while, Poonslayer. Welcome back. Um, welcome back. If you've been lurking, I wasn't I wasn't noticing, but it's always good to have your uh shiny face in the house. Babs, the ice queen, is back as well. Hey, Babs, how are you today? All right, man, we have, we, we're going to have a party tonight is what it feels like. That is what it feels like. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the chat, I mean, and before we get into the show today, we will be doing the standard Mr. C or C report chat recap, the standard Mr. C chat recap, right? It's not my chat. It's y'all's chat. Uh, so we'll be re recapping the chat from yesterday like we do at the head of every show. Um, and yeah, so let's see what we have. Uh, it wasn't 40 pages. No. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you guys start having food fights and talking about y'all's favorite music, man, 40 pages worth of chat. I'm not complaining. I love it that you guys uh, have a place that y'all can, you know, hang out and, and you know, be around friends and family. So that's perfect for me. Um, let's see. We had Posse for Hope in the House. Awesomeness. Just V, of course. Nick Walls was hanging out yesterday as well. You missed Nick Walls, Babs. Um, let's see. Uh, Gina from West Virginia. Uh, perfect timing, Mr. C. Happy to be here with y'all. Um, that was the first time I'd seen Gina. So if you guys see Gina from West Virginia in the chat again, make sure you say hello. Uh, we had Christina Fontana stopping in. She had a public service announcement. She says, holy shnikes, Batman. You guys, Hannity going live with Trump soon. Live, exposing everything. Okay, well, in case you guys miss the Hannity Trump interview where he exposed everything we already knew, um, we will be airing that tonight. I'm having deja vu. That's weird. Uh, but yes, uh, we will be doing, we'll be airing that tonight in a little bit. Uh, we'll do the whole 35-minute interview. Uh, really, his response to President uh, Putin and uh, President-select illegitimate Joe's uh, press conference. I mean, uh, he didn't talk about the Hunter Biden emails, Christina. Uh, he didn't give us any more information that we didn't know about, uh, you know, the... Uh, election audit. So, but thanks for giving us that heads up. Um, I'm pretty sure that that link that she popped in there will be useful in the future because it's always useful to have a free 24 hour television service that you can access on the internet for whatever you need. Uh, I had, I was using a website like that whenever we did the um, OAN uh, or was it, yeah, the OAN um, interview with President Trump or was it Newsmax? It was one of those two. Newsmask, that's what I call them nowadays. All right, let's see what we have in here. Also, Chris, oh wait, um, Pilled by the Rabbit was in the house, D Patriot 1776. Just V says, it's never, it never gets to the truth. Fox won't let him. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, come on, Fox, Fox is a controlled, controlled opposition. I mean, they played a, they played a pretty good front as long as they could. Um, but now, you know, all oh, that's exposed. Uh, Hannity was doing some good work, what, around the impeachment trial period of time? Um, uh, I mean, he was the only one who was talking about this stuff, you know, and I think also some of Hunter Biden and the Joe Biden stuff. But I mean, ultimately, it's kind of like one of those guys that only takes you so far and then, you know, kind of uh, drops you at a certain point. So, and then, and then on that too, you know, he does have a habit of interrupting, not as bad as some interviewers. I've heard some interviewers that you could tell Trump was getting kind of like, you know, a little miffed. They kept on inter interrupting him. 
but uh, definitely he wants to get his point across. Uh, Gina from West Virginia said, uh, agreed, not for Hannity, no way. I'm with you, Mr. C. I've been here before, so I'll take you any day over, Mr. Conceited. <laughs> as long as you don't call me Mr. Conceited. No, just kidding. Yeah, that's all Hannity right there. Speaking easy was in the house yesterday. Good evening to you, sir. Let's see here. Uh, then we also had, oh, we had another comment from Christina Fontana. Uh, Christina Fontana says, I got booted from the NPC show for saying Trump was about to go live and to play it. I apologize, but this is vital, all caps. We share it. Sad. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Frank over NPC, he, he runs a tight ship over there, Christina, and uh, he doesn't like spammers and he doesn't like scalpers and he doesn't like people that go and do things like that during the show. Now, if you're dropping some vital information about Trump, I don't mind. Uh, but if you're promoting another show that's on the air during my show, that's another story. Um, now, if you're promoting a show that's another day or later on, then I'm all for it because I think that we should always, I'm, I'm open to people promoting their work and other people's work. But if you come and do it when I'm doing a show and it's at the exact same time, it kind of makes me feel a certain way, like maybe my show or what I have to say or who I am is not as important. Fortunately, though, I'm not insecure. So by all means, Christina, if you want to do that again, well... We'll just see what happens, I guess. But yeah, no, uh, the, only, the only other unfortunate thing I saw about that is that she was in like maybe three or four other chats saying the same thing. So it sucks that Frank's going to get a bad rap for um, bad habits, I guess you could say. Uh, but I mean, it seemed to be the talk of the town uh, with everyone that she was talking about it with and all those other four chat rooms, because there was like what, maybe six or seven shows that were live during my time. And she did the same thing to five of them. Of course, she'd been in my chat room the other night and she did the same thing to me with, uh, I think, Kate's show. Um, and thank you, Looking Up. I saw that chat uh, reply that you, uh, you gave to her in one of those rooms. So uh, people are paying attention, Christina. Uh, but you're more than welcome. I'm not going to block you because uh, when we had, a, we had some conversations and chats, I thought you were a sweetheart and that we connected well. So I hope you come back and I hope you hang out during the show and chat with the family here too, Christina. You're always welcome. Dpatriot1776 says, Mr. C, what day did you talk about Murphy? Monday or Tuesday, we'll watch the replay. Um, D Patriot, I actually think it was Thursday of last week because we wrapped up Friday with um, uh, we wrapped up Friday with the show about the secret military um, operations uh, that was uh, Operation Signature Reduction and then the NRO. Uh, so it had to have been on Thursday that we talked about Phil Murphy over there, that scoundrel up in New Jersey, right? And let's see. <laughs> i sorry i just saw the today's chat food fight yeah <laughs> whoa watch out blonde blue lady i haven't gotten a cookie yet <laughs> i'm self-defenseless okay all right uh let's see here um da -da -da -da. better lately was in the house what do we have here new mic new background same badass news report yeah thank you sir i appreciate those kind words they'll come back but you know in the meantime i get to show off my brand new trump flag and my brand new old glory back here so i'm happy with that but they will be back i promise you 
Uh, let's see. Pilled by the rabbit. We are the antibodies giving the deep state a fever. Absolutely pilled by the rabbit. We are those people. We are the ones. We are the thorn in their sides. We are the everlasting gobstoppers getting stuck down their throats. <laughs> and that's just the way it's going to be. That's just the way it is going to be. Better lately gifted a cookie. Oh, there's my cookie. Nick Walls. Gratuitous violence is my favorite violence. J-K-J-K-L-O-L. I hope so, sir. I mean, uh, we don't have to go get, we don't have to get too deep into that but i'll just say that i definitely was not a fan of the saw series was not a fan of the hostels i think the only gratuitous violence i could really take was maybe like the kill bills i mean it's not that, like i can't take it like i can't stomach it i just do not prefer to watch that stuff but the kill bills it was like it was borderline like comical you know because it, it was just like it was just like <laughs> oh there's blood going everywhere and you know I mean, it was whatever. And it's just a shame that Quentin Tarantino is most likely a, a pagan, you know, blood-sucking baby eater. But uh, what are you going to do, right? I mean, he's he, he's part of the club. Uh, I guess that's how they get where they get, right? Okay, let's see what else we had here. Uh, the Patriot 1776, Ray not looking good so far. Um, he says, every time I see Ray's face, I see the big red X over it. Now he's talking about uh, Director Ray of the FBI. Uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hubbub about Director Ray because, after all, uh, he's been uh, he's been marked for a future event, future marker. Right? Uh, we were told to trust Ray, um, and so I mean, if you follow that uh, that mythos, I guess it's it's almost becoming a mythology um, when you think about it. Because at this point, I don't think. Personally, I don't think Q is dropping anything relative to today. I think all of the things that there are the future proofs past or the markers or whatever, I think all of that is coming out in the news. All of that's coming out in what's going on in Washington with the audits, with the world. I think that was the point. Actually, that was one of the main drivers behind why I wanted to do a daily news show. Um, and that was because I knew that anything that was in the present that would prove the past that was written by Q, it would probably be found in the news. You would just need someone who is um, who had an eye to analyze and bring out that. Now, I'm not saying that I do by any means, but uh, I think I, I think I touch on some things here and there that um, if it at least at least in my humble analysis will give up. I wouldn't say legitimate or genuine hope, but it's more palpable because uh, it's all in it's all in how you see and report it. Now, for example, all of these audits. Now, of course, eventually someone's going to talk about these audits. Obviously, we have the Gateway Pundit. We have Just the News. We have, uh, you know, Steve Bannon's War Room. We have the Epic Times, the Epoch Times. All of these outlets uh, was they have it more uncovered DC like or DC uncovered CM Media or CD Media like. Like all of these outlets are, you know, talking about it, but you don't get, of course, you don't get mainstream, lamestream, fake news media talking about this stuff. So it buries it. It gets forgotten. It goes unnoticed. We need people to talk about it. We need people who are talking about the real stuff that's going on out there, as well as taking real action. Uh, and that's why I just, I really don't think that, I mean, maybe there's some, there's some markers or I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know anything about Q posts. So I just, I mean, I got, like I said, I've told you guys before I got into it, like in what, like September of 2020. That's like, I was like, who's Q? <laughs> 
my brother was all, don't kill the babies, cue. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm, I was out there to march for the babies. <laughs> and, and then my brother told me about cue and I was like, okay, well, I mean, he's into that kind of stuff. So anyways, uh, nothing, nothing against any, anything cue. Obviously cue woke us all up. I mean, uh, I remember cue plus, you know, that was one of my favorite moments. Uh, another one was the cue baby. Um, that was another one of my favorite moments. So obviously, you know, I, I obviously enjoy that as well. I just, I think that um, it, uh, being able to present the news this way made that hope more palpable, more real, you know, more tangible. Uh, so that this way you could see that, you know, Americans are doing something, things are getting done. And uh, unless you know where to go to, you're not going to find out about that kind of information. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Correct me if I'm wrong. All right. Uh, it says here. Oh, what was the other thing that he said? Every time I see Ray's face, I see the big red X over it. I just got to say this. I, you know, I'm used to seeing a big old red X over my face, too. But it seems like more like blue pills these days. Anyways, okay. Gina from West Virginia says, yep, I heard the same thing and it's totally believable. She's talking, we were talking about Pence and Bondi, about uh, Mike Pence being a, a pedophile ringleader of uh, child sex trafficking um, um, projects and also Bondi being involved. Now, I think the only thing I think I, I failed to mention on that regard yesterday was I believe I heard that their names are included in some sealed indictments. So so we'll wait and see. And again, I think that Trump was picking his thumb on him and saying, hey, I'm on to you, Pence. But anyways, OK, uh, just V says it seems like to me it seems like it to me. Kushner seems to give some pretty bad advice. Um, yeah, you know, there's just some very there's some awkwardness about Kushner to me, you know, and he's kind of got them shifty eyes. And uh, that's just that's just uh, an assessment of my gitchy feeling, my spider sense there. Now, I've also heard he's tied into certain bloodlines as well. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Joy for Trump says, do you think Trump and Ivanka are aware of Jared not having his support? I wonder about that. I wonder if Ivanka is because uh, I kind of, you know, I feel like he's not supportive. Uh, um, of course, outwardly, he might seem so. There's something about him. Um, but Ivanka, I wonder about that. If Ivanka knows, uh, if Trump knows, um, and what are they going to do about it? You know, of course, uh, Ivanka did take the jab. So anyways, we, well, they had a picture of that, didn't they? Uh, let's see here. Jesse says, are you going to go to the next event in Vegas, Mr. C? Um, D Patriot says October 22nd, right? And just V responds, yes, 22nd through the 24th. So I've heard of separate, I've heard of some events. I think I heard, um, I think I want to heard I say, uh, the speaking easy say that there was one going on somewhere in the Midwest. Maybe it was Missouri or so. Um, so I'm not aware of when, and where do you find these events at? <laughs> like, so I'm not too sure about the, I mean, I, I mean, I love Las Vegas guys. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I haven't been since what, February of 18, maybe 19. Um, but I would love to go back to Vegas. If they're having a Patriot event, where is it at? <laughs> is it going to be at the Tropicana? No, just kidding. Uh, what do you call it? Um, yeah, that would be a fun thing to do. Uh, October is not too far away, but it's still far away just enough for me to try and get my press credentials. 
<laughs> and then see, what is it going to be? Is it going to be like one of those? Uh, is it going to be like the Forgotten Country type of event? Is it just going to be like a Patriot rally? Um, I don't think it would be a Trump rally. Uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, share some information on an upcoming Trump rally. We know Trump will be at the border on the 30th, according to he and Governor Abbott. Um, and then we'll see what happens there. He's supposed to be in Dallas in July. So he's going to be making a lot of Texas stops. Now, I think Dallas is actually a GOP convention, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he will also be elsewhere prior to that. Let's see here. Jen K. Canadian Bird was in the house. How you doing, ma'am? Jay, uh, Joy for Trump gifted a can just because they can. Thank you, Joy for Trump. You're amazing. And Napkinator79 followed up with some shades, keeping me cool. Mm, pardon me. Oh, Tostadas. Okay, pardon me, that was rude. Looking up says, have you all heard that millions of bullets have stolen, been stolen from Mexico? I'm reading the writing on the wall. I had to look that up, actually, Joy for Trump, or sorry, looking up. So I we will actually cover that at the end of the report today. Uh, just to be in California, Newsom is putting illegals up in four-star hotels on the coast. They get four to $500 a night for those rooms. I read an article about that probably, oh man, probably about two months ago maybe and i was like wow and like people who were there on vacation were po'd they were like we paid this much amount of money for our vacation and we have all this noise and there's people smoking and it's just terrible and 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 of course people are upset because obviously um you if you come here illegally uh, you can get, a, you know, a five star four night or however many nights they're staying there, right? Like stay in a hotel room, probably full room service and everything. And you don't have to pay lick. And, you know, the, uh, oh, well, I take that back. We have to pay for it because most likely if it's not the citizens of California, it's the citizens of the United States who are going to fit that bill. And that's just not cool. I say that when all of this is done, Everyone in America deserves to have at least, uh, you know, a week or two stay for free at their resort of choice. <laughs> they can make up for it that way, among other things, you know, among other things. Okay, as long as we don't have to pay it. That has to be from all of the liquidated assets from all of the black cats and all of the treasonous bastards who have done America wrong. Either that or we can put it into better infrastructure. I'm game for anything, guys, as long as they liquidate their assets and they don't get to keep them and it goes back into the people, into the country. You know, I'm game for anything as long as their dirty blood money gets put to good use and good life back in America. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? Uh, the Speak and Easy gifts the can. Thank you, Mr. C, for your hard work reporting. MSN got shit on the truth. Yes, sir. I'd say it's not just me. It's all of you guys also. And then Speak and Easy says, <laughs> man, is Speak and Easy in the room right now? <laughs> Okay. Uh, Mr. Speak says, Newsom is a puto. <laughs> I got, okay. I got to hear him say that on his show sometime <laughs> because um, I just, you know, that's why I'm like, speaking easy in the room right now because I don't like to talk about people if they're not present, right? No. <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything bad, okay? 
because you all can bear witness to the fact that when I speak, I speak with love. But um, whenever I hear uh, Mr. Speak Uneasy speaking, uh, I'm just like, he sounds so proper. I always, you know, you know, I always try and put that face to a, a voice to a face or a face to a voice, kind of like how we were watching Conrad Jordison, Jordanson from uh, um, the Gateway Pundit, who's over there in Arizona. Remember, we saw him yesterday and he's got like this baby face, but he's got like this really deep voice. And like, I just, he looked, he looked nothing like I like, I would have thought he looked. Now, if I'm not mistaken, he is six plus feet tall. So, I mean, you know, I guess the shoe could fit, but I mean, that's kind of like that. So I'm like, what does he look like? And then also, I'm talking about the speaking easy now, because when he says puto, <laughs> And I think about the way he speaks. I'm kind of like, I want to hear him say it. I'm like, is he Hispanic? Is he Caucasian? I mean, it doesn't matter, but um, I, I mean, yes. So, oh, man. I wish you were in the room right now, Mr. Speak Uneasy. Um, I was jamming out to your DJ session earlier today while I was making dinner. So, yes, it was tostadas. <laughs> I saw someone say something about tostadas in the room. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Who was it? Was it you? Uh, was it you always in Texas? <laughs> I think it might have been you always in Texas. Let me see here. I saw tostadas in the room. That was the best. Oh, yeah, that was the best day for a food fight. Hey, Tron's in the room. What's up, Tron? Welcome to the Sea Report, buddy. Good to have you in. Good to have you in, Sergeant Sparky. God, this room filled up pretty quick. Oh, yeah, it was always in Texas. Yay for tostadas. Okay, so um, Miss Always in Texas, I have to ask you a question. Uh, and this can go for anyone in the room. Um, do y'all know the difference between a tostada and a chalupa? <laughs> I'll give the room a minute to answer. <laughs> okay, all right, let's go ahead and go down. While y'all are thinking about the difference between a chalupa and a tostada, I will go ahead and continue with the chat recap from yesterday. For those of you who are new to the room, we chat recap um, yesterday's chat since I usually get into like a bunch of jibber jabber. And uh, yeah, so, okay, so... Uh, Okay, so let's see here what else we got. Um, speak and easy. Yes, he called him a puto. We had WC Cranop in the room. WC Cranop was so generous yesterday. He gifted me a can and a cookie. Um, and then he put, Mr. C, just the ballot part will be done. There's other aspects still needing to be finalized two, maybe three more weeks before the SHTF. So that sounds pretty good. Yeah, you know, um, we have a uh, we have a, a report, an update coming from uh, Dr. Kelly Ward. I better say that right, because Tuesday, I don't know what was up with me on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. I was calling Tuesday, Wednesday, and I was calling Dr. Kelly Ward, Dr. Kelly Martin. I don't even know who Kelly Martin is, okay? So I was like, okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, so she's saying, uh, she's saying, yes, indeed, the ballot parts are finished. They're actually going through Braille ballots right now. What? Did you even know they had Braille ballots? I had no idea they had Braille ballots. What if all the Braille ballots are fraudulent, right? Anyway, so they're going through Braille ballots right now. Um, and I think that's the final step. Now, as far as anything else goes, like, you know, all of the tech stuff is complete. All of the uh, forensics, uh, you know, the, the router stuff, the Wi-Fi stuff, the machine stuff, that's done. So um, I think after I think after that, it's just the, um, I think it's just the report that they have to do. Uh, unless there's something else I'm not aware of, but I'm, I'm pretty all over that. So I think, 
I think we're right on par with that, uh, WC Crane Op. I think we're right on par with that. Blonde Blue AQ was in the house just uh, just to be. Garland is dangerous. They're going to keep on with these unconstitutional laws or rules. Indeed, he's definitely gunning for Arizona. I really am interested to know if something's going to happen, uh, if they're going to interfere somehow, because obviously at this point, he's already put out his notice. Uh, we've had several of the senators and the uh, attorney general in Arizona. They have fully pushed back on Garland, right? But this man still thinks that he can do whatever he wants to do, apparently. Um, and he's citing a whole bunch of rules and basically just like, you know, he's he's a... Uh, He's, well, we would say misinterpreting, uh, but he's definitely um, using them to his advantage, even if they don't count. So we'll see because everyone is watching. Everyone is watching. Everyone knows. Uh, it's so interesting to note that so many people out there under really understand what is going on. Not just in, not just on what's what's going on, whose side, what's doing on this side, and what's doing on that side, but un, everyone really also understands like the mechanics of how everything is working. Like everyone understands how you know all the lawyers have gone in there and all of the different methods that they've been using to try and take this down by way of lawfare. I mean, we've reported it here on the C report, all of it, just about, you know, and we've we've seen we've seen the attacks, we've seen the defenses, we've seen, you know, we've seen the accusations, we've seen the responses and the retorts and the replies, like all of that really is like um, is open to all of us. So I really feel like we as an audience and and hopefully as a collective conscience really get the grasp of that. And and so now we can see how that was at a local level. Um, that people at the local level were being attacked from a national level. And now we're seeing how they were attacking them at the state level, which by that, I mean, specifically like the legislature, you know, whereas the local level would be, you know, all of the lawyers that all of the ones that descended there on them in Arizona and were going after them. If it wasn't, you know, someone who was working for the BOS that was going after them, it was people from the reporting and the media industry, as we've been seeing that here on the C report. And then, you know, we see how the state, uh, levels were attacking them. You know, you have Secretary Katie Schnobs at Secretary of Snakes over there going after them and stuff like that. And then we see the federal, the national level coming in after them. And we can understand the different layers. You know, we understand, oh, this is how they attacked him on the local level. They rebuffed it. This is how they attacked him on the state level. They conquered that. Now they're going after them at the federal level. And what's going to happen now? Because they've all put up their, they've all put up their guards. Like all the shields are up. You know, even sleeping A.G. Bronovich over there is wide awake now, it seems, right? So um, you really have to wonder what's going to happen next, you know? And when is A.G. Garland going to make his move? Like, when is he going to strike? Because at this point, they can't seize the ballots. They can't seize the machines. All they could do really now is, like, turn off the power at, you know, a Veterans Memorial the uh, I say Theater, Coliseum, or, or, you know, take all of their notes. <laughs> They're going to go and take all of their notes or maybe they'll pull maybe they'll pull one of their classic type of uh, a search and seizure type things like they did, you know, to like uh, Giuliani or they did to Stone, stuff like that, where they go in and they seize all of their electronics. They seize all of their data, you know, and and, you know, and, and the thing about it is if they do something like that and I could so see something like that happening, if they do something like that, they can do it and get away with it.
and no one will be able to say anything because by the time people start to refute it or by the time they they go the legal route of re getting their stuff back like they'll have been able to study all of their stuff make copies of all their stuff or wipe all their stuff so i think you know maybe that's something they could do but then again wendy rogers did say hey if you come into the state of arizona and you mess with our elections you're going to be spending some time in arizona prison and now we have ag ronovich the sleeping bear apparently <laughs> Because he was asleep until this week, right? Okay, so finally, and so he said something. Now, now, oh, oh does that mean that Governor Ducey's going to help him? I don't know. Ducey smells like Badusi. Like he hasn't been much of a help at all. He's been nothing but, you know, uh, you know, COINTELPRO. Well, not COINTELPRO. He's been nothing but, you know, paid and bought for, you know, I would say shill. But I mean, he's probably not even that. He's just. Um, a loser with no spine, basically. And then, of course, uh, the the highest letter, the highest law of the land, that being one Sheriff Penzoni, the jabroni. I mean, what's he going to do? He, we already know he's a Soros payout. Like, he got $2 million to kick out Joe Arpaio, uh, basically, and steal that election. So what what is the what is the, the, the highest law of the land going to do in Arizona to defend the people's choice, the people's right to have this forensic audit? Um, I don't know. So this is some good drama. This is the kind of drama I like, guys. So anyways, all right, guys. Why are you ashamed of yourself, Just V? I just saw that. Sorry, I'm not I'm not paying attention to the chat, but I saw that there. Never be ashamed of yourself, Just V. I always say, uh, um, own up. <laughs> To own up to any decision that we made. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are talking about. All right. Did I get a Tostava answer in there? Oh, <laughs> let me go look real quick. And then we'll wrap up the chat recap. Okay. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. <laughs> we got a lot of family in the house tonight. What? No Tostava answer. Okay. Well. I will have you guys know. <laughs> now we'll save it for another day. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap up chat recap. Hey, Doreen Merck, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us over on Twitch. Let's see. Um, let's see. I think Arizona called in the National Guard. Uh, she says, however, I cannot verify it. I heard it today. So what I did hear about that, Miss Doreen Merck over in Twitch, is that... Um, both uh, both Arizona and Texas are calling in the um, National Guard, but I believe it's for the border. Um, but that's what the last I heard was that about as well. So I mean, that should be that should be pretty interesting. We'll see how that goes. I didn't I haven't followed that up, but I'll probably hop on that trail soon and see what's going on. Yeah, sorry you're hanging out with some trolls over there, Doreen Merck. <laughs> You're always welcome to the Foxhole app if you don't want to deal with people like that. That guy always asks me to do something to like his uh <laughs> anyways, I just leave them there to boost up the uh boost up the viewership over there in Twitch cuz you have to have an average amount of you. You know, I'm not even trying to be anything on Twitch. Like I don't have uh I don't have the desire to to be an affiliate or to make money on there or anything like that. I don't think it's I, I just I find it pointless. But um if someone can hear the good word over there, as such as yourself, Miss Doreen Merck, with ears to hear or eyes to see, then I mean it's a blessing to have it open. You know what I mean? It's a blessing to have it open. Um okay, cool. Or well, I mean at least I hope it's a blessing. <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's finish up this chat recap, y'all. Okay, let's see here. What else do we got? Um always in Texas, loves meat and potatoes. 
<laughs> I don't want any damn eggs. I want meat and potatoes. <laughs> Do y'all guys know where that's from? Anyways, okay. So I love meat and potatoes also. WC Cranop says, uh, BOC, his beer of choice. Uh, Lagunitas Little Something Ale 7.5%. I've never tried that Lagunitos. I would try it though. I'm a I am a beer drinker now. I'm not much for cider. I'm not much for hard cider. I'm not. Uh, not I mean, no. I, I would say if it was there, I would drink it. No, I probably wouldn't. Honestly, um, I do love ales. I like uh, I like uh, pale ales. I like um, you know good pilsner. Uh, I I don't like sweet wine either. Don't kill me. <laughs> I'm not a fan of sweet wine. Um, I like it bitter. Like I like my coffee. You no, know? <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, well, I would say uh, I would say probably one of my favorite beers is Stella Artois, uh, and I also like Fireman's Four. Those are probably two of my favorites. Uh, both are pretty light, uh, but they have very very um, different uh, flavor. Um, what do you call it? Flavor signatures, I guess you could say. Anyways, okay. So, uh, just me says, has anyone heard the recordings of Hunter regarding the election theft? I have not heard that, just me. I am super interested in hearing that. Um, so, I was actually kind of looking for that a little bit today. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, Doreen Merck. You totally took my attention and my heart. Uh, she said she's enjoying a cosmopolitan as we speak. I can do myself with a nice strong martini any day of the week. I just try not to do it too often. Now, I don't drink and drive, ladies and gentlemen. I learned that lesson twice over. And so I definitely stopped that habit uh, because, you know, I mean, to be all to be in all honest with you with you guys. And I know I've said this before. I was very lucky that I did not hurt anyone. But to be honest, before I was, you know, um, busted, I guess you could say, uh, for that, um, I'd driven probably hundreds and hundreds of times under intoxicated, under the influence. Uh, so, you know what they say, like, uh, um, you know, you it finally catches up to you. You know, like, that's the kind of thing, like, and I'm lucky that A, I never killed anyone or myself, and B, I didn't hurt anyone um, and stuff like that. So that was a lesson, a lesson well learned. But this is going to be a little bit crass, guys. But it also kind of made, whenever I thought, you know, people do things hundreds of times before they get away with it, it kind of made me think of that tubing thing. And I was like, oh, I was like, how many times did he do that before he got caught on camera? Anyways, okay, let's not, let's not rest on that topic. But I think it's because I was looking, I was, I mean, he keeps popping up in my streams and I'm like, why is this guy popping up in my streams? Okay, let me see here. Yay, a cookie. Thank you, Just Me. Um, let's see here. Uh, what do we got? 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 Where did I leave off? Oh, it's a real interesting conversation. Uh, WC Cranop says, brother. Be careful with sweet potatoes and yams. <laughs> I like this. Be careful with sweet potatoes and yams. They are xenoestrogens. <laughs> no man boobs, brother. 
And, you know, that's also why we don't do soy in the C household. <laughs> because, yeah, there's no, uh-uh. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, no soy boy here, ladies and gentlemen. I drink Americanos black with nothing in it. Don't give me none of that extra crap. <laughs> you know, I don't want none of that soy shit. Um, so, and yeah, xenoestrogen man boobs. You know, weed gives guys man boobs also, but I think it's more from the snacking. <laughs> Anyways, uh, just to be sissies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. The election theft recordings. I need to look that up just to be. I need to look up the election because I, I really I'm interested in hearing that. W.C. Cranop then gifted me shades. God, this man was just like he was Mr. Moneybags yesterday. <laughs> he was Mr. Gold Pill Bags yesterday. Um, and thank you so much for that, W.C. Cranop. I do definitely appreciate See, I got a new Trump flag <laughs> with my gold pills. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, just V says, isn't Hunter still getting half payments from Burisma? So no, I believe those half payments actually ended um, a few weeks into Biden's presidency, his uh, optical presidency. So I believe that his half payments have stopped if I, if I read the article correct. Um, but he was still receiving money even into Biden's presidency. Like, and, and so it's like, hello, <laughs> like, they're still not, still not saying anything about that. <clears throat> Connie Ketchup. I have not seen Connie Ketchup at the Sea Report, so welcome, Connie Ketchup. Uh, so are the missing ballots going to be a problem in the AZ audit? Connie Ketchup, I'm willing to bet $5 they will be a problem. <laughs> Just be gifted some shades. And then we had, thank you, Just V. DD77, heard they killed a bunch of YouTube channels covering the audits. I would not doubt that. Um, I don't use YouTube to uh, broadcast live stream anymore. Stop that. I just, you know, this song and dance that people do where they're like, and, you know, even even some of my favorite podcasters and uh, live streamers and content creators do it. I just I don't see the point where they're like, OK, well, we're going to turn off the YouTube side now and the Facebook side now and the Twitter side now. Like just I mean, I, I get it. It's, you know, so this way you can let people, uh, we were using it as a signal for a while, so to know, hey, we're live, come over here. But why even bother wasting our time with platforms that clearly, A, they don't appreciate us, and B, they already don't want anything to do with us. So, and, and you know, I just think the more that we do that, even if it is just for our subscribing audience there, they're going to stay on YouTube. They're going to stay on YouTube. They're never going to leave YouTube because we're still giving them that, that doorway. We're still holding that crack open for these good for nothing platforms that want nothing today. I mean, they don't want us there. So why waste our time there? Why even give them that? Give your subscribers a reason to leave those platforms. Get off the platforms yourself. That's what I say. Now, with that said, I still do have a YouTube channel. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't live stream there, but it's going to be gone soon anyways. I, I mean, they're starting to backstrike me on stuff that's like a year old and it's like, oh, did you guys just realize that I'm here? <laughs> I mean, they've, they've taken stuff off of my YouTube before. I don't even consider that a, a, a badge of merit. I don't even give a damn about that. You know, YouTube or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, ha I just have old stuff on there that I've just, I, I hardly even post on there. Anyways, I'm not trying to give myself. I'm not trying. Ah, Blonde Blue Lady Q wants that food fight. We got a bunch of cookies flying around in the chat room right now. <laughs> I just don't. Okay, guys. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, let's see here. Thank you all. You guys are awesome. Oh, man. You guys are filling my cookie jar. Look at that. 
I told you guys I'm gaining weight. So, <laughs> okay. All right. And something to wash it down. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cookies in the cookie jar. You guys are awesome. My goodness. Um, all right. And then let's see. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, you just shade. Okay. Where are we at? The, the uh, speak and easy, Mr. C, I believe Malverde. Uh, the saint of drugs. So we were talking about the cartels at the end of the show yesterday. I think that's very interesting because you know how, especially in Mexican heritage, they have a saint for everything. There's like, uh, you know, saints, guardian angels, saint American flag, saint computer technology, saint Trump flag, saint blue light string. <laughs> like They have a saint for everything. So it's pretty interesting to me that they also have a saint for the drugs, saint of drugs, saint Malverde. That's a saint bad green. <laughs> you don't want no bad green, guys. You want that green to be good, Malverde. Okay, so, uh, and then finally, um, just me says, I think the cartels pay off the Arizona mafia, which are made up of politicians, Janet Reno among them. You know, I don't doubt that there's this whole cycle. It's like, what is it? The cartel politician industrial complex or something like that. It's got to be called something like that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, and that's the thing, too. Like I was saying yesterday when we were talking about the cartels and we we're talking about the Hunter Biden emails and we we're talking about, you know, how uh, the Bidens are tied into the cartels. The politicians in Arizona are tied into the cartels. Even Kamala Mala Harris is tied into the cartels. And that's why she can't go to the border. Um, you know, uh, it stands to reason that we're going to get a whole bunch of light shed onto that. We're going to see who in America has been funding the cartels, been doing business with the cartels. We know HSBC was doing business with the cartels because we talked about it yesterday. I showed you guys those articles, the receipts on how HSBC was laundering for four of the major cartels. They got slapped with like a $1.9 billion fee. No one went to jail. No one served any time. Uh, HSBC still does business. And, and so we have all of that. And then I think, I think what we'll also get to see is what three-letter agencies have been working with cartels. And I think they're in, and I, I, something says to me, like, what was that? Um, Operation Fast and Furious? You know, like, who was in charge of that? Was that the FBI or the CIA? You know, or was it the DOJ? Like, you know, wh who is doing this? So we're going to see the government aspect, we're going to see the business aspect, and we're going to see all of the politicians who are playing footsies with these cartel people. And, you know, who knows? At the end of this, maybe we'll have the opportunity to undo everything, all of the damage that these rogue agencies have done to this world and especially this hemisphere. Hell, it's the whole world. Like, you know, they were overthrowing governments and doing regime changes as early as the what late 50s and 60s, guys. So we have a chance to possibly see these people come out of that. And to me, that's great because if we get lifted up, they get lifted up. If they lift up, we will most definitely be lifted up. And we, uh, we owe it to them, you know, uh, to see their side of it also, considering it's our government that has done so much damage to all of these nations especially in Central and South America, that has allowed dictators and socialism and communism to prevail. Um, I think we owe it to them to see to see it through. We had Rail Anon in the house. Welcome, Rail Anon. Good to see you. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the chat recap for today. It looks like we got a bunch of peeps in the house at the chat already. Hey, Luke Skystalker, welcome to the Sea Report. 
Did I say that right? Oh, Sly Stalker. Luke Sly Stalker, welcome to the Sea Report. Good to have you in the house, buddy. And thank you all again for the pills that are coming in. I will recap that at the end of the show. Let's go ahead and get into the rest of today's show. Now, as always, Trump leads at the Sea Report. So we got this fine little picture of him here today. Uh, this is, okay, do you guys remember when we talked about this? This is the photo that he has at the National Gallery. Uh, they were saying that it's very unique because they have not had many photos of presidents in this position at sitting at the desk. You know, like, like this is like a very different action type photo for what they're used to having a president. So anyways, that's what we have here. We do have some statements from President Trump for today, of course, as always. Um, now, it has been a little harder to get a hold of President Trump's statements unless you know where to look. And they don't update his website in a timely fashion, you know, but uh, fortunately, we we're able to find some. Now, he had one statement released today, if not yesterday, a very brief one that said, thank you and congratulations to Laura Begert of the Georgia Star News on the incredible reporting you have done. Keep going. The scam is unveiling fast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so you know, Georgia Star News hit the big time yesterday. They were featured on OAN. Of course, we reported about the Georgia Star News at least three weeks to a month ago here at the Sea Report. Not that that means anything, but um, they were the ones, they're a local paper over in Georgia, and they have actively been seeking all of the chain of documentation for all the ballots, all the chain of custody. They want the receipts. They want the receipts. And none of them, okay, some of them have. But like at least, what, 24 to 33 of them have not reported the chain of custody. So this finally breaks the headlines on OAN. And um, and now we have President Trump congratulating them. So good job over there at the Georgia Star. That's what it takes. I think the Georgia Star and the Virginia Star were two papers uh, from down here in the South that were tackling that. But Georgia Star's been all over it. Okay, now in regards to President Trump's upcoming rally, that is uh, he will be holding a rally in Ohio. Ohio. President Trump, um, let's see, it says here, Donald, uh, President Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States of America, will hold a major rally in Wellington, Ohio on Saturday, June 26, 2021 at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So if you are up in Ohio, I'd say go save your seat right now. No, just kidding. Doors will open at 2 p.m. According to this thing, it says the Save America rally marks President Trump's first of many appearances in support of candidates and causes that further the MAGA agenda and accomplishments of President Trump's administration. The rally is to support Max Miller, who President Trump has endorsed for election in Ohio's 16th congressional district. Again, that's going to be Saturday, June 26 at 7 p.m. And the doors open at 2 p.m. It is to be held at the Lorraine County Fairgrounds, 23,000 Fairgrounds Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090. Apparently, you can apply for your press credentials already. And you can also purchase your tickets to get in the door. I wonder what that's going to be like. I wonder what it would be like to cover a Trump rally because um, like say if I, okay, because for example, like with this whole trip that he's taking down to the border on June 30th, you can actually apply for press credentials for that. But I'm like, Mr. C at the border, you know what I mean? <laughs> like if I were to, cause I don't have like a camera, you know, or I don't know what, I mean, I have my phone anyways, I'd be like there with my phone. Like I'm press. <laughs> that would probably look funny. <laughs> I'd go in my red suit. What do you guys think? 
I don't care if it's dusty. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is Sophia? We had another message from President Trump. This one was in regards to this tweet by this Twitter head. Let's see. Let's see if we can. can let's expand that for you guys. A tweet by the Twitter head Raffensperger. Raffensperger's nothing's burger, right? So he says here, oh, yeah, <laughs> new revelations that Fulton County is unable to produce all ballot Dropbox transfer documents will be invest investigated thoroughly, as we have with other countries that fail to follow Georgia rules and regulations regarding Dropboxes. This cannot continue. You don't say, Brad Raffensperger, nothing burger. You don't say. Like, I think it's really interesting that this man is playing stupid. Like, he's playing so stupid right now. Everyone knows exactly what side of the line he's on. Everyone knows what he's been doing, uh, the way that he's basically, you know, lied about everything. And then he tries to wash his hands on it. He's like, I'm just Secretary of State. I don't have anything to do with, uh, you know, uh, taking care of a state's elections. Like, really, guy? Like, you're the Secretary of State. That's your job, you know? And so, like I said... Like I said, Secretary of Snakes, the National Association of Secretary of Snakes. Now, that is an organization that needs to be investigated. That is an organization that we need to see where the money came from to fund them, who's been talking to them, and also where the money that they get, they're spending it on. Because the main theme in this whole election fraud uh, issue is the Secretary of States. All of them, it seems like, all of them are, they are the ones where, you know, the buck stops with them, uh, the line is at their feet, and it, everything goes crosswords when they get involved. Look at, you know, look at Benson in Michigan. Look at Schnobs over there in, um, in Arizona. Look at Raffensperger in Georgia. Like, and the list goes on, you know, so so they need to be investigated, guys. They need to be investigated. Like they really need to really look into this, this 401c4 nonprofit organization, the National Associations of Secretary of Snakes. Like anyway, so in response to that Twitter tweet, um, uh, President Trump said, this is very big news. People are starting to see the light. Great for America. I love how concise he was in that statement, ladies and gentlemen. So anyways, yes, people are starting to see the light. Everyone is starting to see the light. That's why uh, it's very important that we stay on top of this. Um, and most definitely we'll continue to bring you as many. And that's why I say once the SHTF happens, <laughs> to quote uh, W.C. Cranop, once it hits the fan, once we're done with these audits in Arizona, uh, my money is on Georgia or Michigan, guys. Georgia or Michigan will be the next state to drop. That's who I think it's going to be, especially with the full-on forensic audit, you know, uh, a la Arizona style, all of the golden standard of audits. It's going to be one of those two states. It's what I think. That's what my spidey sense tells me. Um, but we'll see what happens. But I'm like, what? Oh, I'm so I'm so interested to know. <laughs> okay, because like um, uh, like one of our I didn't see I don't remember who it was had asked. It was one of the it was one of the noobs over here at the C C report chat had asked, will it will it mean anything if the audit ballots are missing? I, yes, it will mean something. Um, but we just have to see how they're going to play it um, because. There's so many different roads they could take. I think decertification would be the obvious one. But then the next question is, what step do we take after that? Because 
Um, if does does decertification mean then that Trump would be certified, or does it just mean that that is an invalid election? So then they have to hold another election, um, or or based on the real ballots that they have, because obviously through the forensics they can see how many of them were fake, phony, and false. To borrow Dave's, uh, you know, um, a, known, uh, t- a phrase, turn a phrase, um, would they then grant the award to President Trump? Okay, and then um, I guess that that would not be enough to put him into the winning. But if one more state after Arizona decertifies and certifies for Trump based on the fake ballots that are being, and guys, oh my goodness, when we cover Georgia in a little bit, we'll talk about these fake ballots. Uh, it's just, it's so blatantly obvious. Um, but I think, I think Trump wants another election. Honestly, I think he wants to be able to say he won it fair and squarely, even though, ah, fooey. I mean, just give it to him. Right. Okay. Anyways. I mean, that's not the point, right? We're just here to prove election integrity, right? <laughs> I would say if we're not here to prove election integrity, we're here to make sure that treasonous bastards don't get into office ever again. But anyways, guys, okay, so, all right, that brings us to the Hannity Trump interview. So if you all have seen the Hannity Trump interview, please feel free to fox hop <laughs> or stick around here at the C-Report and uh, you, can, you too can bear witness to this... <laughs> Whoops, to this interview. Now, okay, so we were told, we were told, we were told that Trump was going to expose everything in this interview. Everything. He didn't quite do that. Um, so that 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 takes away some credibility from the messenger, but it's okay. We still love you. <laughs> we still love you. But um, let's see here. And I'll be in chat during this interview, guys. So I'll catch up with you guys in a little bit. Um, but, uh, well, let's just play the damn interview. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here's the full fledged interview between, uh, Mr. Sean Hannity and our 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Hi, joining us now on the phone, 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump is with us. Mr. President, sir, welcome back. It's been too long. How are you? Well, very good, Sean. Thank you very much. Let's start with the events today, um, your overall thoughts, and and I want you to address, I'll, I'll get to a very specific question, but first, let's start with your overall thoughts today and what Biden was facing in Putin, uh, and then we'll move on from there. Well, I guess the overall is we didn't get anything. We gave a very big stage to Russia and we got nothing. Uh, we gave up something that was unbelievably valuable. I stopped the pipeline, Nord Stream, and uh, that pipeline was stopped, and uh, it was given back, and nothing was gotten for it. And it was uh, just, uh, it, it was another day, and uh, performance art, you'll take a look at uh, how various people performed, namely the two people, and, uh, you know, you have to form your own judgments. Well, not for me, me to say, but I will say that, that. It was, I think it was a good day for Russia. I don't see what we got out of it. So you mentioned Nordstrom. This is an important question because Joe Biden got a recommendation from his State Department. They said, do not grant this waiver. Okay, Joe granted the waiver. Um, he did it while simultaneously, with the stroke of a pen, eliminating high-paying career jobs in the energy sector on the Keystone XL pipeline. 
Then I'm going to take it one more step further. If it was Donald Trump that did everything Joe did here, and then it was Donald Trump's son, Don Jr., Eric Trump, that had monies transferred to their company from a Russian oligarch, the first lady in Moscow, why do I suspect you'd be accused day and night, night and day, 24-7, of, of some time of, of type of family enrichment and collusion? I don't know. I think there'd be a lot different coverage. Am I wrong? Well, you just have to read the news. Look, for five years from the day I came down the escalator, we uh, have been under investigation and it turned out to be all false stuff. Uh, it was a terrible thing with the Russia, 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 which actually made it difficult to deal with Russia. It was a phony deal created by Schiff and Clinton and all of these people. It was a disgrace, an absolute disgrace that it should happen. And it really was dangerous and very bad for our country. But I guess you probably see it was a few days ago up to 12. And now it's up to 19 different things where we were accused. And it turned out to be absolutely false, whether it's the Wuhan Han lab, the uh, good old Wuhan lab. When I mentioned that, it was like a firestorm. Uh, hydroxychloroquine, now great reviews are coming out on that. They didn't want to see it. I mean, uh, creating a lot of problems and death, frankly, death. And they were willing to do that in order to try and take shots. But it's all coming out. I think the people understand it. I think that in many ways we're stronger now than ever before. They understand the deception and the uh, the horror that these people put this country through. It's really very sad, actually. Let me go into this double standard issue that I've been discussing here. And, and that is, you, we went through three years as a country. And I covered it almost every night. Every major newspaper two cable networks that are nothing but Democratic propaganda, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, they all got it wrong about Trump-Russia collusion. But now we know the truth. We know that Hillary Clinton paid for the dirty Russian misinformation dossier that even Christopher Steele doesn't stand by, and the, the subsource doesn't stand by. That dossier she paid for was then used to spy on you as a candidate, and a FISA court was lied to. And then it was used again to spy on you as in your transition phase and then as a president. And we also know that money from Russia made it to a prominent political family in America. That would be Hunter Biden's family. That would be Joe's son. Um, now, again, I ask you that that wasn't the coverage for three years while you were in office, actually four, if you want to include Ukraine. Um, what do you make of the double standard? Some people even get Pulitzers over such phony coverage. Well, they did get Pulitzers, and it turned out to be uh, they got Pulitzers for absolutely incorrect and opposite reporting. It was horrible reporting. And uh, there are many people that should have gotten Pulitzers where they had it right, but they were not considered, and it's a disgrace. Uh, I think Pulitzer is another one that's been disgraced by this whole last four-and-a-half-year period, five-year period. But literally from the day of that wonderful ride down the escalator, from that moment on, uh, investigation after investigation, and the people that were guilty, uh, they uh, they just float right through how it, it wasn't done. Uh, DOJ didn't do anything about it. I guess they felt they want to be soft. Uh, this group doesn't feel that way. But you know what? I let that up to DOJ. I let that up to the people running DOJ. And I wasn't involved. I would say that uh, probably maybe less involved than I should have been. Maybe I should have been forcing it. 
but a lot of uh, very guilty people were uh, not in any way prosecuted. And I'm talking about very, very serious uh, things. If you look at Comey and McCabe and the two lovers and all of the things that went on, and they weren't prosecuted. If you read the Horowitz report, and of course, everyone's still waiting for Durham. What happened to Durham? How is that allowed to go into another administration? By the way, is he in the it's witness just, protection program? I'd like to know where he is, too. Is he in the witness uh, protection program? I don't think disappeared. To be gone. And, and it was so, but you didn't even have to go into Durham. You could have just taken the Horowitz report. And I have a lot of respect for Mr. Horowitz, the IG. And he wrote a report that was devastating to Comey and devastating to McCabe. And they didn't do anything with it. It's incredible, actually. Incredible. Very sad. They're very sad for the country. But, you know, I guess they felt they shouldn't. And yet this administration feels the exact opposite. If people don't do anything wrong, they want to go after them. Big difference. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough standard. But hopefully you have an attorney general now that will be, uh, will be fair. But I will say that the people running uh, the Justice and the people in it, don't forget, you have tens of thousands of people. And they were put there by, uh, by Obama. They were put there by everybody. They were put there by a lot of people that came, including Clinton. But they were also put there by Bush. And, uh, you know, you see what goes on with that whole group. So you have a lot of people put in there by Bush and Clinton. You put there by Obama. And uh, then you put some in yourself and you can't do anything about it, I guess. I don't know. But I think that they were very, very soft. And maybe rightfully so, but they were very, very soft, and uh, probably they wanted to be very fair, but a lot of people don't look at it that way. It's uh, it's a shame. There was such guilt and such a horrible thing happened. They were spying on my campaign. You know, if you think about it, all the way back, almost at the beginning, when I... When I made a statement that my campaign was spied on, it was one of the biggest moments. It was nobody could believe it. Then it turned out that I was, it was more than spied on, much worse than being spied on. But they didn't do anything about it. And uh, to me, that's a terrible thing for our country. I don't see that Biden got anything from Putin. And I can't believe that American energy workers were were with a stroke of a pen, lost their high-paying career jobs for the same exact thing, the waiver that 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 Biden gave on Nordstrom. I, I can't believe it. Let me ask you this. If you were still president, would you have given that waiver? And secondly, what would you be doing about the cyber attacks that are ongoing? Colonial pipeline, the attacks on our meat industry. How would you be handling that with Putin? Well, on the waiver, nobody really uh, understands that I was the one that stopped it. I stopped it from being built. And I went to Germany and I said, listen, we protect you with NATO at a very low cost. And they're very delinquent. You know, they're only paying half of what they're supposed to be paying. And what they're supposed to be paying is very low, 2%. And they're paying half. And so we protect you. We have 52,000 soldiers over there, which is like a major, major city, frankly. They make a fortune with us. And then they go and they pay Russia billions and billions of dollars for energy. So I said, so let's get this straight to Angola. I said, we protect you and the people that we protect you from, the country, uh, you're paying billions of dollars. How does that work? And there are others. So 
I got NATO to pay $430 billion more than they were paying because the United States was paying for almost all of it. I mean, think of it. We pay for their protection and they excuse the word, they screw us on trade. That's the only word that's really descriptive enough because they are in many ways worse than China or as bad as China on trade. How many Chevrolets are being sold in Berlin? Not too many. How many Chevrolets are being sold in Paris? Not too many, maybe none. And yet we sell their products, their wines and their cars and their Mercedes and their BMWs and everything else. We sell it all over our country. And all of that was stopping. We were ready to go. Then we got hit by the pandemic and nobody did as good a job with the pandemic as we did. And that's why we're leading the world in terms of coming back. And that was all set long before Biden came in including the fact that we came up with vaccines in less than nine months when a lot of people, everybody said it was going to take three to five years and you probably wouldn't be successful. And if we weren't successful, Sean, I'll tell you this, you would have another 1917 uh, tragedy where almost 100 million people died. But we were successful, so it was a great thing. Let me ask you, in your summits and in your conversations with Putin while president, um, what did you learn about him? Have you spoken to him since you left office? And was it a mistake for Biden not to hold that joint press conference with Putin? I got along really well with him. Uh, nobody was tougher in Russia. He would say that, but nobody would, was tougher in Russia. You never heard of uh, Nord Stream. You never heard of all of the things that we did in terms of sanctions, so many sanctions. And I would I was loving the idea of taking them off. I would have loved to have taken them off as soon as they got their act together. I think we had, a, you know, a great shot at having an unbelievable relationship with Russia. Uh, it could have been fantastic. It could have been really beneficial to both countries. You know, they need economics and we need things that they have where they have very valuable land in terms of mineral rights and many other things. And a lot of good things could have happened. I had a very good relationship with Putin, but nobody treated him tougher. He understands nobody ever heard of the pipeline until I got involved. And I said, wait a minute, the pipeline's going to Germany and all over Europe. What's going on? Why are we protecting you people? You know, again, and I, I just, uh, it was just unbelievable. I got so much for that. And to give up the stoppage, I mean, we, I stopped it. And to give it up. And then if you you see what they did, and the number is really 48,000, not 8,000. But you see what they did with the Keystone XL pipeline, where they stopped it almost on the first day. And that was never mentioned during the debate. I kept saying, you know, you're not going to be energy independent. You're not going to do for Pennsylvania, for Texas, for all of these places where we're doing so well with energy. We're not going to be energy independent in two months from now. They're making windmills all over the place to ruin our land and kill our birds, to kill everything. We're not going to be at And they're very intermittent, as you learn from watching uh, over the last four months. It's intermittent energy. It's not good. It's not going to power our great factories. And what it's a real What did you make of? Problem. Yeah. There, there was a question yeah, of what there was a question of whether Ukraine would join NATO. And Biden's answer is they have to clean up corruption. And okay, yeah. so they can't jo join NATO because they got to clean up corruption. But his son made a fortune and he leveraged a billion dollars and bragged about it of U.S. tax dollars. And this is a big issue to you because you went over an impeachment over this. 
um, leveraged a billion dollars to get a prosecutor in Ukraine fired. He's got six hours to do it, and son of a bee, they did it. Now, I'm just imagining if they're too corrupt to join NATO, how come it's okay then for Hunter to make all that money when he admitted on Good Morning America he had no experience in energy, gas, uh, Ukraine, and got millions of dollars. What if your son's got millions of dollars for that with no experience? Well, when he said that, I was very surprised that he said it because he said basically Ukraine is corrupt. And that was the whole purpose of what was going on. And frankly, we had an obligation, even a legal obligation. Now, we have an agreement signed with Ukraine. And that agreement says you got to be honest. You got to run a straight country. And uh, they don't do that. And when I saw that statement, I was surprised because I guess you hear different numbers, but it's $183,000 a month for his son uh, to consult on energy from an energy company in Ukraine to consult on energy, but he admits that he knows nothing about energy. The whole thing is just terrible. Uh, the money from Russia, three and a half million dollars from the wife of the mayor of Moscow, the former mayor of Moscow. We no longer have a fair and free press, whether you like it or not. And I hate to say it to you because you're a big believer in the press, despite what you go through. But we no longer have a free and fair press. I, I said in 2007, sir, I didn't I wish I came up with fake news, but I did say journalism in America is dead. And I don't think I was wrong. I think I probably understated it. Let me, let me ask this, um, because two weeks last week, Joe Biden said to our military that global warming was the biggest threat they faced. The week before he had said white supremacy is the biggest threat to America. Um, I don't know. I think China, Russia, North Korea, the Iranian mullahs might be bigger threats, radical Islamic terrorism. What's your reaction to that answer? Well, he said that the military told him and the generals that, which was, I can't believe that, but uh, maybe, but they shouldn't be working as generals any longer, that uh, global warming is the, our biggest threat. Now, when you look at China and you look at the military apparatus, which I was really doing a big job on, I have a very good relationship there, too. It was a fantastic relationship until COVID or the China virus came in. And after that, you know, we made a great trade deal with the farmers of this country and the manufacturers are doing fantastically because of that trade deal. Farmers are doing better than they've ever done now. And that's because of what I did, not because of what these guys did. And uh, we did a, a fantastic thing. But when you look at it and when you look at what happened, Sean, and uh, you, you see that horrible, that horrible thing that came at us from China and came at us from the Wuhan, the Wuhan lab, uh, it changed my whole line of thinking. And, and you just I, I really hope and I believe it was an accident. It was incompetence. I guess some people don't necessarily agree with that. They think maybe there was purpose to it, which would be uh, absolutely terrible. But we have to find out more about it. Why did it happen? How did it happen? How could anybody be so incompetent? And that is not a group of incompetent people. So well, yes, Mr. President, can I add one that. thing but here? I, I, believe it, I believe it was a terrible accident, but I believe it came from the lab. And I, why would you think it's an accident? We all we we knew there's actually video out now of bats in the Wuhan virology lab. Uh, we knew that they studied coronaviruses. And we now know from the emails from the uh, great Dr. Fauci flip flopper that that gain of function research was being done there. 
So it seems like the most logical conclusion. The only question is, is there a possibility that U.S. tax dollars help pay for the gain of function leading to COVID-19? Well, we ended that, John. And when we heard about it, I ended that. But that started in uh, 2014 under Obama. And uh, when I heard about it, we ended it very rapidly. I said, can you imagine? And it wasn't even Wuhan. It was just that we were paying China on top of everything else. We're now paying for uh, their research and other things ridiculous. So we ended that uh, as soon as we heard about it. And we did a lot of things against China. Not that I want to be against China, because I had a great relationship with President Xi, a lot of respect for him. But uh, I banned China from coming into the country very early before anybody, Fauci, Nancy Pelosi was dancing in the streets of January China, Town, San Francisco. And uh, they were all saying what I did was uh, xenophobic and horrible and racist. And uh, then they said four months later, I saved thousands and thousands of lives. But I banned China from coming in. And uh, it's lucky I did. And then I banned Europe from coming in because you saw what was happening, especially in certain countries in Europe. And I banned Europe from coming in. And everybody said that was terrible. But we saved tens of thousands of lives. And now we have to get back and the schools have to get open. And frankly, uh, we're lucky we have the vaccine. But the vaccine on very young people is something that you got to really stop. You have to get back. To, to running your country. I mean, I don't see reasons. And I am a big believer in what we did with the vaccine. It's incredible what we did. You see the results. But to have every school child where it's 99.99%, they just don't, you know, they're just not affected or affected badly. Having to receive a vaccine, I think is something that you should start thinking about because I think it's unnecessary. You want China to pay $10 trillion, don't you? Well, the number is much higher than that, but there's only so much they can pay. And that's to us. And the world is, uh, the number is bigger throughout the world. Look, countries have been destroyed over what they did. And whether by accident or not, and I would hope that it was accident. I hope that it was through incompetence or an accident. But when you look, whether it was. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I have to pause it real quick. Because I want to make sure I heard him say what I think I heard him say. Let me see. If, let me see that one more time. I don't normally do this, but I have to. I have to make sure I heard this right. Get back to, to running your country. I mean, I don't see reasons, and I am a big believer in what we did with the vaccine. It's incredible what we did. You see the results. But to have every school child, where it's ninety nine point nine nine percent. They just don't, you know, they're just not affected or affected badly. Having to receive a vaccine, I think, is something that you should start thinking about because I think it's unnecessary. Oh, my goodness. Did you guys hear that? Finally, he has just said, and even though this was in regards to children, he said having a vaccine is unnecessary. The tides are turning, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now this. You want China to pay $10 trillion, don't you? Well, the number is much higher than that, but there's only so much they can pay. And that's to us. And the world is, uh, the number is bigger throughout the world. Look, countries have been destroyed over what they did. And whether by accident or not, and I would hope that it was accident. I hope that it was through incompetence or an accident. But when you look, 
whether it was by an accident, whether it was whatever it is, uh, this you look at these countries, they'll never, ever be the same. Our country was hit so hard, but other countries were hit much harder. Look at what's going on in India now. You know, they used to say, oh, look how well India is doing, because they were always looking for an excuse. Look how well India is doing. The fact is that India has just been devastated now, and virtually every country has been devastated. Now, I think I think uh, that's one of the reasons that I feel it's very important to find out where it came from, how it came. I think I know. I mean, I feel certain about it. But certainly, China should help. Right now, their economy and our economy are the two economies that are coming, that are coming back the fastest. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, uh, in certain ways, maybe they were they benefited very greatly. I mean, very, very greatly. And I can tell you they benefited with the U.S. because we were in a process of doing things where we caught up to China at a level that nobody thought was possible. And once the China virus came in, we had to take a very different look. You know, the world changed. The whole world changed. You didn't think about the economics. You think you thought about saving people and saving lives. So the world changed. It was a different, was a whole different ball this, game. We did we did the great trade deal, a big piece of it, but we did the great trade deal, and it helped a lot of people, manufacturers and farmers in particular. But but you know, after after that horrible disease floated in from China. However, it came in, and it came in through numerous ways. Once that disease came in from China, I had a whole different attitude. It was a terrible thing. Let me ask you about, let me go back to the campaign, and I'm going to play a tape for you here. Um, I've compared Joe Biden. I've shown video of him from 2012, 2016. He, I called, you know, he lived in his basement bunker throughout most of the campaign in 2020. I, I used to argue he was in the big tech media mob protection program and they let him hide and get away without answering many questions. Did the bare minimum of anybody campaigning. And I have a highlight reel that I put together, but I'm, I'm saving that for another day. But this happened at the G7. Joe's had a lot of these um, cognitive misfires. Let's call it that. And this is the one that he had because he had called Putin a killer. Then he was asked about it. He didn't want to give that answer because he's about to meet with Putin. And your reaction to Joe and and do you think he's up to the job physically, mentally? Let me play this. Vladimir Putin laughed at the suggestion that you had called him a killer. Is that still your belief, sir, that he is a killer? <laughs> answer the first question. <laughs> I'm laughing too. They actually, I. Well, look, I mean, he has made clear that. Uh, uh, the answer is, I believe he has in the past essentially acknowledged that he was, uh, there are certain things that he would do or did do. You know, I do make fun of it, but in all seriousness, Mr. President, that scares the hell out of me. Have you noticed the same well, thing? Well, maybe I the see? only time I've ever disagreed with you is about the age, because I guess Joe is going on to be 79 fairly soon. And that's not old, relatively speaking. I know Bernie Marcus, a great gentleman, founder of Home Depot. Oh, I, uh, Bernie Sanders is older. He's 100%. I spoke to him. He's 100%. And other people are in their 90s and 80s, and they're doing great. So, you know, his age is not 
the problem. And look, I hope he has no problems. I want him to do well. I want him to go out and do well. Uh, I think the election was unbelievably unfair, but I want this guy to go out and do well for our country. I don't want to see a scene like that. I watched that yesterday. I thought it was terrible. It was terrible. Nobody knew what was happening. Let me, ask, let me move on to the economy. We now have inflation. We now have jobs that people aren't taking and businesses now are, are turning down the federal government's extended unemployment uh, benefits. Uh, the price of lumber through the roof, the price of gasoline up an, an average $1.10 per gallon. The price to heat and cool your home is up. The price of meat is skyrocketing. Lumber is skyrocketing. Every item that you buy in any store that is delivered by a truck, you are paying a lot more for. And I'm looking at it, and, and we're getting rid of energy independence, which you gave us as president for the first time in 75 years. What is your take on the state of the economy and the impact the current border crisis has on it? And I want, I'll do a follow-up on that. So the lumber is really a, a function of uh, supply and demand. We have so much, but they're putting environmental restrictions on trees now that are so bad, and we're trying to make deals with Canada. I can tell you from personal experience, Canada is very, very tough. Uh, Canada is uh, as tough as anybody. They, they, it's very unfair the way Canada treats us. And I had it down to a science. It was so good. It was so we were doing so well. Everything was coming down. We signed the uh, USMCA, Mexico, Canada, but we were not being taken advantage of anymore. And I was going to tariff the hell out of their cars coming into the United States if they did, and they knew it. And as soon as I left, they started playing games. And now you look at lumber prices because we get a lot from Canada. And you look at what's going on with milk and the fact that they don't take us but we take them. So many things they did to the farmer that I straightened out, and now it's going back to worse than it was because there's nobody there complaining about it. You know, Canada treats this country very, very badly. So does Europe, by the way, and China you know about. But as I say, in many ways, Europe treats us just as badly as China. Well, let, me, let me ask this question, and I want to ask it and I'll ask you about 2022 and 2024 in a minute. It seems to me that conservatism, and I remember, and maybe you do it or you don't, when you were thinking about running for president, in times that I'd interview you in private conversations we'd have at the time, I explained what I believed in. I really haven't changed much. I believe in liberty, freedom, capitalism, our constitution, low taxes, less government interference, bureaucracy, a constitutionalist on the bench, school choice, law and order, safety and security so people can pursue happiness, free market solutions for health care, including protecting pre-existing conditions. I want secure borders. Uh, I absolutely positively want energy independence for a lot of reasons and free and fair trade and peace through strength. That pretty much sums up Sean Hannity's philosophy. It was talk that you are considering maybe laying out the Trump America first Make America Great Again agenda. How close is my lifelong held beliefs to what you would put on paper if you ever considered it? And are you considering it? Well, I am. And frankly, if you think of it, that's what I've been doing and talking about for a long time. And I guess that's why we got them by surprise in 16. And in uh, 20, we did much better than we did in 16. And uh, shockingly, we were supposed to win easily at 64 million votes. And we got 75 million votes. And 
we didn't win, but let's see what happens on that. The whole thing is, is shocking, but it's common sense. Look, when you talk about a strong military, when you talk about uh, the economy, when you talk about we don't want inflation, inflation is going to kill the economy. Uh, by the way, you, you, now you're going to see very soon a big interest rate uh, increase all of a sudden, which is, you know, that's step one. I don't know if you remember during the Carter administration where the prime rate went up to 21%. I was there. I was, I was there. Twenty uh, percent for the primary. <laughs> yeah. That's the prime cut, and you couldn't get anything. It was the economy came to a halt. And you know, when you look at you mentioned lumber, but when you look at, uh, we no longer will be energy independent within a matter of weeks. They're closing down everything. It's what's happening is not to be believed. I'll tell you, the biggest beneficiary is Russia and Saudi Arabia and the Middle East. I mean, these people they're going to make more money than they've ever made. You know, they talk about me with Russia. I get along with Putin. I had a good relationship with Putin, but I was so tough. Look what they've done. They will make Russia so rich because of what's happening. When I left, it was a dollar eighty-seven a gallon for a gallon of gas. Now it's over three dollars. It's going to go up to five, six, or seven dollars. Mark my words, and that's bigger than any tax increase you could give. You could triple people's taxes. That costs more money for the middle-income people, much more money. And for frankly, for our country, it's a disaster. It's going to stop everything. And we that's had so much. We had a point where we were getting the the fuel for zero. In fact. You get, they would give you $38 if you took it. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. Now, we had to straighten that out because that would have hurt our, in, our industry. But we, uh, we ended up having a great energy industry and we ended up with low prices. And now we're not going to be, within a matter of weeks, we will no longer be energy independent. And we are going to be relying again on the Middle East and Russia and all of these other people because we are being led very, very stupidly. And I said this during the debates and people didn't listen, but I said it during the debates, but actually people did listen and they voted properly. And that's the way it goes. But uh, they lied. You know, they didn't talk this. They never said, this is a Bernie Sanders dream, what's happening right now. He can't believe it because this is far worse than Bernie was ever going to be. Bernie Sanders would have never even thought to suggest some of the things that are happening right now. Let's look at the border and the stay of Mexico policy is gone. Border wall construction has stopped. Uh, catch and release is back. It's really just catch and we'll send you to one of the states free for transportation. Um, you see, we're, we're, you know, we're up dramatically, nearly 200,000 illegal immigrants a month, and they're just being processed. And that opens up other areas of the border for cartels, human smugglers, drug smugglers. Your take on how to fix this. So we had the most secure border in the history of our country, southern border. In the history of our country, it's never been so good. It was hard getting it there because we had to win lots of lawsuits, and that included on the wall. The wall would have been finished within months. All of the material is sitting right there, rotting. Uh, they stopped it like very early, first, second, third day, they stopped it. Now they want to start it again, which is interesting. Go tell the contractors that. But it was sitting there, and now it's sitting there rusting, and it's a shame. We were. It took us two and a half years to win all the lawsuits, and it was almost complete. And then they came in, and they stopped it. And one of the reasons, though, still, we built almost 500 miles of wall, and one of the reasons we've been so successful is because even though it has gaps, which were easily closed, very easily, it has gaps, 
what happened is the wall was so good in terms of illegal immigration. And you mentioned things that people don't mention. Drugs, drug smuggling was down to the lowest point that it's been in years. And also human trafficking, usually of women, by the way. It's a vicious business and it's a big business. And we had that down to the lowest point in years and years and years. And now it's worse than ever. We have three minutes left. Let's talk about 2022 and then the obvious question for 2024. 2022 seems like a bellwether year. You got the House in play. You got Florida Senate seat, Georgia Senate seat, North and South Carolina. You got New Hampshire. You got Wisconsin. You got Ohio. You got Arizona. If that's not a bellwether, I don't know. What do you anticipate your involvement for 2022 will be? You started endorsing some people. You're going to be out on the road. And what are your thoughts of 2024? Will you be making a comeback? So I'm very honored to say that my endorsement means more than any endorsement that has ever been given by anybody. I mean, you know, I'm, we're winning. We just won Republican Party chairman of uh, North Carolina and of Georgia and of other places. We just won two races in Texas. We won a great race in Louisiana. This is just intermediate to what's happening. Uh, I'll be working and getting a lot of great people elected. And, uh, you know, again, they go up 20, 30, 40 points sometimes. People, the fake news doesn't like talking about it. But the the numbers are really incredible. So I'm working on 22, getting a lot of good senators and a lot of good Congress people elected. And then uh, we'll be making a decision on 2024. But if you look at the numbers, uh, people are liking me more now than ever before. But I think that's the reason is they're watching what's happening with our country. They're watching no energy independence. They're watching the border. Never has there been a scene like what's happening at the border and the death that's being caused. This isn't just border. This is death and criminals pouring into our country. They're looking at the economy. They're looking at inflation. They're looking at interest rates. They're looking at gasoline prices. And I guess it's making me very popular. Is there anything, and we have a minute left, if you do run in 2024, what might you do differently? What do you know now that you didn't know in 2016? Well, you know, we ran a very successful administration. We had the greatest economy in history. We had 160 million jobs. We were never even close to that. No, Nobody was ever even close to that. And we did it twice because then we did it after the pandemic. We came with a vaccine. We did a lot of great things. And we did it after. But I was under siege with fake investigations and everything. And I was doing this while I was under siege from phony people with phony Russia, Russia, Russia that was caused by Clinton and the DNC Democrats and all of that. And we did it. We built Space Force. We did, you know, we did. We rebuilt the military. We got the largest tax cut in history, the largest regulation cuts in history. Not even close. We did Anwar, which oh, they've already yeah. uh, excluded, thanks to Murkowski in Alaska. And, uh, you know, it's uh, what we've done was amazing. But I was under siege. So, you know, some people said, gee, he wasn't very nice. I, I think you can I argue. Was under siege I, I got day one, Sean. So, not I, think nice. you've, I think you're still under siege. But thank you for spending the time siege. with us. I, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree. Right. We appreciate you being with us. So he just has to have the last word, doesn't he? <laughs> All right, Mr. Hannity, there you go, talking with our president, President 45. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good interview uh, when Trump was speaking, right? Uh, who says we have a minute left when interviewing Trump? 
I know Dan Bongino did. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that isn't real. I mean, if I were Hannity, honestly, Schmeez, <laughs> I would probably just let him talk until the show ended. I'd just maybe be like, yeah, I just I would just let the man speak. He was making a very good point about him being under siege. Uh, and, you know, that's something that some people have talked about. Like, his entire campaign was under duress. So... Could he truly be an effective leader if he is under attack this entire time, under investigation this entire time? And had he not been under attack and under investigation, how much more could he have potentially accomplished um, without all that opposition? Can you imagine where this country could be, no doubt, if uh, you know you had all these people actually rallying behind President Trump? That would be something interesting. Uh, I, I guess that'll be a what if in the pages of history, because, um, you know, the Democrats and those who oppose uh, America first values, uh, the country of America, the Constitution, they've already laid their mark in the sand. They've already uh, turned their page of history. So now we'll have to see. <laughs> now we'll have to see what is I'm laughing because speaking easy. We were talking about this before you got in on the show today, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta hear him say this, because like, <laughs> it cracks me up. I just hear, hear your radio, your, your, hear your soothing radio voice saying Hannity is a puto. <laughs> I gotta hear it sometime. Okay, so, all right, guys. So there you go. There you have it. That was, that was the interview where Trump exposed everything. Tune in now and leave this station, right? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, the only person Hannity, Hannity will let speak is Mark Levin, Levine. <laughs> well, right. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't listen to that guy too much, but uh, every now and then, if he has an interview, he might pop up. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Let's go ahead and move into the rest of the C reports. Now that we have moved past um, our leader in charge, that, of course, being one President Trump. We'll go ahead and do a quick recap. Hello, on Arizona. Oh, it is time for the daily update from the I won't Republican interrupt. Party of Arizona. <laughs> I'm your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. Now, I want you to know we are going to continue to monitor the progress of the full forensic audit of the 2020 Maricopa County election. As we told you yesterday, the hand count is done except for the braille ballots and those braille ballots do require a braille expert to count obviously we are also monitoring though an election integrity case at the united states supreme court that will have a big impact big here in arizona we passed a law that bans the practice known as ballot harvesting in the past um, democrats in arizona and democrats in other states have sent people out to collect mail-in ballots from large numbers of people and then turn them in, either at the post office or to the county election center or to drop boxes that are just randomly out in the public. I know it, you know it, this is a horrible idea. First, it creates a chain of custody problem. Who knows what happens to those ballots when they leave the hands of the voters, if they were even in the hands of the voters to start with. Also, how do we know that those ballots were actually filled out before they were handed over? Ballot harvesting is part of why it is so important to clean up the registered voter lists in our counties. 
um, ballot harvesters and voting lists filled with people who have passed away or who have moved out of state is a recipe that is ripe for fraud. As you would expect, the ballot harvesting law was challenged by liberal groups in court. Lawfare. The Republican Party of Arizona has been monitoring this case from the start, knowing how important it is for election integrity. It's made its way all the way to the United States Supreme Court, which held hearings in March. The case, Brnovich versus Democrat, Democratic, Democratic National Committee, is expected to have a ruling sometime this Even she catches that Democrat, Democratic misnomer in human language. <laughs> we are hoping for a good outcome. So, while the Arizona audit is vital, we are not taking our eyes off of other important election integrity matters and other important political matters. Let's hope in the next few days we are going to be celebrating a victory, a victory for election integrity at the U.S. Supreme Court. And remember, here at the Republican Party of Arizona, it is always America first. I'll see you next time. Yay, there goes Dr. Kelly Ward. She probably was like, you called me Dr. Kelly Martin last time, Mr. C. No, just kidding. That was an accident, I promise. I promise, promise, promise. Okay, cool. So, yep, that was just a quick one, real quick, on how uh, they are pretty much done there. They just got a few more things to do, and then they will be right as rain and ready to go. All right, let's move steadily along. We're going over, oh, yeah, but, you know, they're calling out those uh, ballot, uh, those voter rolls. I mean, that's a big a big deal the PILF the public interest legal foundation and also judicial watch those are the top two uh, uh, litigation lawyers practices firms uh, organizations that tackle that so uh, if ever y'all are able to make sure you send them their support send them your love PILF the public uh, Public invest. What did I just say? Public interest, legal foundation, and also the Judicial Watch. They have been the two organizations that have been fighting to clean the voter rolls the hardest, and they've been successful at it. It just takes patience and money, uh, unfortunately. But that's the way it goes in lawfare. I think that's the reason why things are tied up the way that they are. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now we're going to be talking about Georgia. Let's talk a little bit about Georgia because, as you guys know, a lot of stuff has been dropping. Like we talked about at the head of this episode, we had President. Trump giving props over to the Georgia Star for their investigative work and basically just asking the questions and, you know, demanding the receipts from the counties to give them the chain of custody. So now uh, we had that we had that revelation coming forward. Now we have this whole new thing coming out in regards to the ballots and also an audit document that came to the surface. Now, this audit document I found was pretty interesting. I had to share it with you guys because on top of all of the um, all of the mismanagement, the mishandling of the things that were going on in Georgia, just from what we can see, you know, from from uh, as us being the outsiders looking in on what's going on over there and we can see it clear as day. We're being outsiders. You know what they say? A stranger for a while can see for a mile. And so we're like, what, 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 what is going on here? Okay, so a new document surfaces that was um, that was created, written by uh, someone who was hired um, by, I believe, the Secretary of State to do like kind of like a journal or a memo of uh, everything that was going on there in 
Georgia during the whole uh, ballot counting process and, and everything from like sending out the voting machines to receiving the mechanics to receiving the ballots to having the people on staff to work. And they just did took notes. So um, this article came from just the news. They actually broke this Georgia audit documents expose significant election failures in the state's largest county. So again, here we're talking about Fulton County as if though there were not enough nails in their coffin. Now we have a view of someone from the inside looking out and, you know, we'll go through some of the document, uh, but first let's see what the article has to say. It says documents that Georgia's largest county submitted to state officials as part of a post-election audit highlight significant irregularities in the Atlanta area during last November's voting, ranging from identical vote tallies repeated multiple times to large batches of absentee ballots that appear to be missing from the official ballot scanning records. The problem in predominantly Democrat Fulton County potentially impact thousands of ballots in a presidential race that, of course, this illegitimate president, illegitimate Joe, was certified by 12,000 votes, guys. Now, when I think of the hundreds of thousands of votes that they had to fake in order for Joe Biden to win by 12,000 votes, you got to wonder how many people turned up or how many votes he was really behind if they had to fake hundreds of thousands of ballots for Joe to come out on top by 12, by less than 12, either, either every single person, you know, legal aged showed up to vote or he just failed that miserably in the state of Georgia for them to have cheated and made hundreds of thousands of ballots and him to only win by 12. That's like, that that kind of perspective just makes me go like wow like he really had no chance i mean think about it guys and i'm i'm entertaining i'm entertaining airing this archiving this interview on my channel and that is the interview with president putin uh an american uh news outlet with a british host did an interview with President Putin. It was almost an hour and a half long, and I'm thinking about archiving it here. I know there's probably people, a lot of people out there who aren't Putin fans. I'm not necessarily a Putin fan, but I know the history of Russia. I know they kicked out the oligarchs. I know they got rid of their central bankers. I know that the globalists, the money changers, hate them for that. And that's why they are, that's why I believe they are painted as one of our primary enemies. They got to keep us fighting with each other because Russia, if you know anything about the history of Russia and what they went through, I mean, everything from their czars all the way through the Bolshevik revolution and beyond, you know that they took control. That's why Trump used to say, well, you could say what you want to say about Russia, but they actually run their country. Because they are not controlled by the globalists. They are not controlled by the Western-backed central banks. They are not controlled by the money changers. The same people who are strangling our economy and eating out our substance, Russia got rid of. Okay, so that's why whenever they speak, I listen. Because they know what they're doing over there, even if they are whatever they are, even if they're doing whatever they're doing, things are happening over there for a reason, you know? Um, and we are not, at least I'm not privy to everything that's going on in the socio-political, uh, ge uh, geo-economic stuff in Russia, but I know they kick those mofos out. And I know that's why they paint them as one of our main enemies. So I'm, I'm entertaining 
um, you know, doing a watch party for President Putin. <laughs> I don't know how that would look. Then they would be like, those people over in the foxhole, they're Russian uh, collusion people. They they're Russian bots. Look at them. They're playing Putin's. <laughs> All of a sudden I'd be called a communist and everyone would hate Mr. C. But no, Putin in his interview on the screw tube had over a million views over a million views and what did what did what did biden get like five thousand <laughs> if that at all okay so anyways as i was saying yeah okay let's get back to this let's get back to this guys okay it says the memos reviewed by justin news included the handwritten tally sheets for all absentee ballots counted by the country as well as a private report from a contractor contractor hired by the secretary of state brad nothingberger to monitor the atlanta area election process the report which chronicled seven days of problems recorded troubling behavior all right so let's go ahead and take a look at that so i got that report right here Oh man. Okay. So it's 25 pages long. We're not going to go through everything, but I highlighted some stuff on the way down. And then uh, the article from just the news also highlighted some stuff. So we'll kind of do like a co-highlighting thing here. Now my highlighter doesn't work. I don't know why. So I just, I do this play by play like, Hey, <laughs> like, look at that. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Sorry guys. I shouldn't have done that. Let me, let me take care of them. Some of those lines. I'm just getting too excited sharing this information. Go away. Go away. <laughs> what have I done? Okay. Okay, that's enough. Okay, so, okay, maybe this one too. That's why I need a highlighter, y'all, because I go crazy with a pen and a marker. Okay, so this is State Election Board. Oh, let me expand that. I apologize. There we go. This says State Election Board Report, November 13th. This is the unabridged notes detailing everything that was witnessed between November 2nd and November 7th. Pardon my scribble. Okay, so the first one I brought out here, it says uh, this is from November 2nd, 9.04 p.m. Now, these are just from the notes from this auditor, this uh, journalist, uh, literally, like he writes a journal not like they're a journalist, anyways, that Brad Raffensperg hired, okay? And this guy's just monitoring all of the activities and taking notes. It says right here at 9.04 p.m. on November 2nd, Rick is hard at work resetting poll pads for precinct to SC11 um, that had only one of two bags of poll pads arrived despite the fact that the system at the warehouse showed that both had been checked out of the warehouse and were on the way. So, ooh, something's missing. Hmm, what's that all about? Then it says down here, Many bags of poll pads and other election materials have not been packed yet, and paperwork is not matching up. Example given, JC09. I had previously been told that, uh, that the chaos was caused by a shipping company calling this morning and canceling their delivery, but this is clearly not the sole cause of the confusion. Fulton has not prepared their shipment, even if they had someone to ship it. So, um, okay, so you're going to notice as we go through some of these notes that there's just a lot of stuff that's not going the way it should be. Some people say it was a mishandling. Some people say that they were just uh, being uh, irresponsible. I mean, what? Why? why would an election not run smoothly, I ask you? Here it says, some bags have everything and others do not but the full ones are not organized. It is impossible to tell which bags are missing what without doing a manual count, and they don't have the manpower for that at the moment. 
things are just not going right. And this is already day one, right? November 2nd, November 2nd. So let's skip down to this one. Uh, 10.05 p.m. This is like literally an hour later. I speak with Johnny Harris. I used to know a Johnny Harris who says that all this chaos with the poll pads was caused by getting a flawed file from the Secretary of State's office that did not mark or remove anyone who had voted early voting, who voted during early voting. So they were having to update them all the way until now instead of on Saturday. Ran this by Ryan and Jordan, so say, easy to disprove. So, I mean, they did not make the job easy for those who are working there, obviously. Now, there's some scratch notes here. This says, learn that Rick reprogramming poll pads earlier was setting up a new precinct for SC11 because someone took the wrong suitcase but only took one. Seems to be a mystery who this person was. Should have a chain of custody paperwork. That means there was none. That means that a stranger just walked out with sensitive election materials. Several cases, including SC11, were just left out on the loading dock outside the warehouse. Thankfully, the seals were intact. Someone took the original SC11 pull pads that Rick worked for an hour to reprogram the loading dock, but not the rest of the way, not the rest of the way to their car, which is why the manifest systems showed that they had been checked out. So, yeah, this is just day one, guys. Now we're on day two. November 3rd. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. <clears throat> Too many ballots coming in for secure ballot black boxes. They are moving them over from prior street and rolling bins 2,000 at a time. This seems like a massive chain of custody problem. It is my understanding, my, it is my understanding is that the ballots are supposed to be moved in numbered sealed boxes to protect them. Chain of custody issues, ladies and gentlemen. I introduced myself to the party poll watchers because I noticed that they are watching me closely in the course. And this one's interesting, okay? Because <laughs> we got another article we're going to hop into before we finish this one, right? Okay, so now he's talking about the poll watchers. The poll watchers. Not the, not the, not the conservative Republican ones, because don't forget, they're already being harassed. They're talking about the ones that were hired in right okay and don't forget who's doing the hiring in most states the people that were um organizing all this were the the uh, labor unions the unions and also in the case of georgia it was none other than big mama herself stacy abrams but we'll get to that in a second so it says here i introduced myself to the party poll watchers because i noticed that they are watching me closely in the course of conversation, I asked one if he had seen anything out of the ordinary today and was told, we weren't informed of your role here, so it's not our place to tell you anything. He then called me a traitor, whatever that means. <laughs> I mean, he was hired by the Secretary of State. Like, he wasn't there on behalf of President Trump, but yet he was still called a traitor by these poll watchers. Okay, it says here, I am told that the government workers are the real problem because they are basically on furlough because of COVID and they don't care about the task at hand. Dang. Okay, saw a ballot from August 11th, the September election, um, voting with a uh, voting that made it all the way to state farm processing room. Okay. So someone from an August election 
that ballot made it to the state farm processing room, the absentee primary request form for Whitfield McDougall. Date of birth, 1939. So someone from 1939 was voting in 2020. You do the math, okay? So, okay, let me see. What's There's some more here. Uh, uh, the staff is working harder at this point, according to these notes. Where is the... Oh, there's one in here. That's real funny. Okay, uh, this one says, News reaches warehouse that Secretary Raffensperger, and this is still on day two, Secretary Raffensperger ripped Fulton County, just came through the wire. Apparently, someone asked about Fulton stopping scanning at 10.30 p.m. while every other county is still working. And Secretary of State Raffensperger said, Fulton County can't get anything right. Okay, so this guy's like in charge of arranging this big old fraud. And yet he's talking crap about his like henchmen. Anyways, it says, morale hit palpable in warehouse body language. Chairman Pitts is pissed. 11.26 p.m. There's confusion about whether or not they're still scanning at State Farm because there were reports that the staff there told the rest of the staff and press to leave. But I am still getting a number of reports from Shay. Okay, so we'll move right along here. I hope I circled. Okay, so now we're on Wednesday, November 4th, election day plus one. All right, so this is uh, election day is now two days long, according to this, right? Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Okay, here's another one. Uh, I received a phone call. This is 9.30 a.m. Received a phone call that there was a single car accident involving a poll manager in Roswell last night and that there was an open container of alcohol in the vehicle. Some election materials are missing, but the runners had already moved the CFs with the day's voting information. Still a big problem, okay? Learn that 28,000 ballots were dropped off at a ballot drop box last night and are currently undergoing signature match protocol. 42,400 need to be scanned now. I learned that only 74,000 of 100,000 have been adjudicated. So there will be a large chunk that aren't showing in the state totals. Results are being pulled now for the 2 p.m. adjudication. This afternoon, 25,000 from last night, plus this morning scannings will be posted this afternoon after 2. More coming for the next adjudication at 5 p.m. So he's talking about more staff coming here, but look at that. 28,000 ballots were dropped off last night. 28,000 dro ballots dropped off last night. Okay, 74 of the 100,000 have been adjudicated. That means that there's a question about that signature on that ballot, okay? Then it says down here, people are tired and making mistakes. Just watched a scanner come up with a stray ballot from one of his batches. They say that they will track it, but it's not great. 20 minutes later, ballot batch found and wrongly labeled. So everyone was just making all of these mistakes while they're there working. I am told that all absentee ballots aside from UOVACVA are here now. Again, this shipment came in mail carts instead of black ballot bins. Chain of custody issues. More chain of custody issues. Makes you wonder, huh? Makes you wonder. And again, this is from an auditor hired by the uh, Secretary of State, Secretary of Snake, Raffensperger, who's over there 
and he's trying to uh, I don't know what I don't know what he was doing by doing this, but he just shot himself in the foot. If you ask me now, this one's interesting. OK, so I didn't highlight this, but it says right here, Matthew Mashburn from the SEB calls to my attention that a party poll watcher was on the elevator with two new reinforcements. The first asked the second if they were ready for a long night. The second replied that, yeah, I'm ready to F shit up. I must keep an eye on these two. Perhaps this was a bad joke, but it was very poorly timed in the presence of a poll watcher. There are they they are put on a team confirming and boxing ballots that have already been scanned to prepare them for later audit. All told, this is the place where they could do at least to do least to achieve their declared objective. What is happy faces? Let me get this pin back out. What is happy faces doing to vet the people who they are sending to make sure that they are not sending in people who actually want to f s up and at that point ladies and gentlemen we'll uh, we'll turn our attention to happy faces now you might be wondering oh happy faces what is happy faces okay well happy faces is basically a temp agency a hiring firm who is owned by none other than this woman you know who that is right yeah mail carts right that's crazy all right this is this is the gap tooth big mama herself Stacey Abrams, right? Right. She's a former representative, failed gubernatorial candidate. <coughs> now, Stacey Abrams, she is uh, an owner of Happy Faces. Happy Faces, these guys here. Happy Faces is basically a temp hiring agency, right? Um, now, it was uncovered that payments by several several of Georgia government agencies have gone to happy faces. So in other words, Stacey Abrams owns happy faces and Stacey Abrams is in the business of having all of her people in her firm get hired by Georgia state agencies. Would you guys like to see the receipts? Here they are. Okay, so here is a docket, not a docket, literally, like, like not like a legal docket. But here's a document, sorry, about all of the personnel from Happy Faces. This is Stacey Abrams group. Isn't it interesting how these people pat each other on the back, how there's like this spinning wheel here of you help me, I'll help you. I have a business and we'll put them in the place at, you know, Georgia state agencies. Now here's where they're working for. And then, you know, and it's like a big old, it's just a big old poo-poo platter. Uh, employees retirement system, behavioral health and development, Community Affairs Department of Georgia, Department of Agriculture, Georgia, Georgia Department of Corrections, uh, Technical College System of Georgia, uh, Department of Family and Children's Services, Georgia Department of Transportation, Georgia Department of Natural Resources, Georgia Department of Driver Services, Georgia Technology Authority, the Office of the Governor of Georgia, Stacey Abrams People, her firm. Look at the money that they're raking in. Let's see, how much did the office of the governor pay for that? $34,737.58. 
he's probably one of the cheaper ones on the ticket, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, they work for the Georgia Public Defender Council. I mean, they work for the Georgia Department of Human Services. Boy, if you work for Stacey Abrams' firm at Happy Faces, <laughs> and that does not look like a happy face if you have... <laughs> That does not look like a happy face if you ask me. But um, if you work for her firm, you're getting a good job. And, you know, maybe maybe you'll get pension. Maybe you'll get hired on for sure. Right. Maybe you'll get hired on by the state. You just got to know. You just got to know whose buffet line to fill, namely Stacey Abrams buffet line. And you, too, could work for the state of Georgia. Isn't that interesting, ladies and gentlemen? So she she she's also the one this firm are there her firm they're the ones sending in people to f shit up like the poll watchers who are calling this poor audit boy for secretary of state he's not even like on the conservative side that's so funny and they the happy faces are calling him a traitor oh well we weren't told about your position here so um basically we're not going to tell you anything god that does not sound like a happy place at all to me but I think that's pretty interesting, ladies and gentlemen, to know how, like, it's a poo-poo platter. Like, they're all there doing each other. Like, seriously, <laughs> I hate to sound so crass, but, you know, why was Happy Faces working with identity and driving, driving and voting and family and public health records? Like, it makes no sense, ladies and gentlemen. It makes no sense at all unless you know the fix is in, right? Okay, we'll finish this real quick, and then we'll finish up that article. Uh, so other things that they found there in this regard, Audit Batch 88 from Scanner 4 ended up being military ballots that were locked up and hidden under a table. They found military ballots locked away and hidden away. Later edition, Monique set them there are so she knew where they were. Doesn't say that they were scanned in, right? Does not say that they were scanning. I think that's where I stopped marking. So uh, that was my little, I, I didn't get through the whole thing. Uh, but there's the Georgia flag. Um, okay, so, but, you know, back to this uh, this document from, uh, back to this article. Uh, what else did they find in the rest of this document? More than 100,000 batches of absentee ballots, each containing approximately 100 or more ballots, were assigned tracking numbers before being sent to one of the five absentee vote counting machines in Fulton County, but are not subsequently recorded recorded in the handwritten logs showing which batches were scanned and counted, raising concerns the ballots may be missing. More than two dozen batches of absentee ballots were identified as having been double scanned in tally sheets. Five sequential batches of absentee votes each appeared with the exact same vote count of 392 for Biden, 96 for President Donald Trump, and three for Libertarian Joe Jurgensen. Five sequential batches found that, I mean, what are the odds, right? What are the odds that that's the way it's going to be? It makes no sense, ladies and gentlemen. It makes no sense at all. Many control sheets or absentee ballot batches counted during the state's audit did not check a box indicating the ballot came from a secure container. As you saw there on the, the second and the third, they were being wheeled over in mail bins, wide open, not protected, not sealed, nothing like that. They weren't in ballot boxes. There's no chain of custody. And this is on document. Like, okay, so how could they not say for a fact that there is something a rotten smelling in the state of Georgia and it's not just Stacey Abrams' upper lip? 
You know what I mean? Okay. So anyways, so this raises the ballot. This raises possibility that ballots were stored insecurely or that multiple batches of ballots were sealed in a single container. So that's just some of the concerns that they found from this document released by the Secretary of State's audit boy, for whatever reason that that might have been. Um, but uh, that's that's some concern, guys. That is a lot to be concerned about. Um, and that's just breaking from what is this right here? That is just breaking from that is just breaking from. Um, uh, over there in the state of Georgia. So that's just a little bit of an update. The, 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 the entire audit, the entire election of 2020 in Georgia will continue to be unwound. It will continue to unravel. Just as President Trump said, we are finally starting to see the light and it is coming to a head, I think a lot quicker than some of us thought. Now, a lot of us have been waiting patiently, you know, and, and, you know, there's got to be something said about patience in a time like this, I wish I could remember who said patience walks hand in hand with faith, because I think that is the name of the game now, right now, guys. And maybe just pushing for audits in whatever respected states that you all are residing in tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that we should definitely want to move on that and do something. I know that there's already grumblings of an audit here in the state of Texas. And, uh, you know, they have um, they have some stuff coming up in that regard, but we'll see what happens. All right, guys, before we wrap it up tonight, we're going to touch on New Hampshire real quick. Now, if you all may remember, I don't have a I don't have a graphic for New Hampshire. Please forgive me, New Hampshire. <laughs> we'll have to deal with this lady instead. If you all may remember, uh, New <laughs> sorry, guys, that's just not in it. I don't mean to be mean <laughs> here. Deal with that. Okay. <laughs> we all know that. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay. So we all know if you guys recall, you guys remember everything that was going down in New Hampshire. You remember that they had they had a genuine fraud. It we saw it on live television. We had Hari Hursty, the Bigfoot of D bold hacking machines, right? And his two little philanderers, Mark Lindemann and uh, Phil Stark. Uh, and they were running this fake, fake fake forensic audit, right? Okay. Uh, we all saw the video where Harry, Harry, Harsty, Harry Hursty um, showed the world how you could hack one of the Diebold memory cards in record no time, right? In half no time. And, uh, and then, you know, um, and then go on to be the one who's doing the main forensic audit. It made no sense, ladies and gentlemen. So in response to that, the people of, sorry guys, the people of New Hampshire, they had a rally. Do you remember we talked about it? We had to rally to New Hampshire to save um, the election audit. Sorry. So I'm just going to play some of the video on that. It's not very good sound quality, so I'm going to turn it down a little bit. But uh, just so you can kind of see what was going on, who was there. So people need to start being held accountable. And that's the, that's the point. Lock him up. Lock him up. You hear us, New Hampshire? Lock him up. So I just want to, you know, let you guys all know that I appreciate every single one of you. I know I can't get back to you guys all right away, but life is crazy. I have three little kids at home under eight years old. I'm three under eight. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm on a leave of absence for my job to do this full time. And I will keep fighting and I will keep working every angle that I can possibly work to make sure that we get free and fair elections. 
And I'm not going to stop because I made that promise to my baby that if she wanted to be president, that she will be president of this in this country. She, they will do anything that they want to do. And, you know, I just want to say to my say to my husband that he's one of the most supportive, loving husbands in the whole entire world. And I appreciate everything that, you know, I couldn't appreciate someone better to be standing beside me with. And he just lets me be and um, so I'm going to turn the mic over to him, and I don't think I could see that. a little better. <laughs> but I love you all, and I really mean that, and I love you because you're good humans. And I care about you. Yeah, I am going to skip around a little bit. I just want you to see the crowd. New, ha New Hampshire did actually show up. Okay, so if you guys have been watching New Hampshire with me, the lady speaking right now, she's that cute Asian lady that's been there from the jump. Like she's the one that posted, uh, she's the one that posted whenever they went to the town hall and they moved it to the back and they had to move it to the school auditorium. And then she was there filming um, when that one lady, that one other cute lady was asking uh, the governor, I mean, yeah, the governor, oh, this is like a game. <laughs> I need the puzzle to the game so I can finish the story. <laughs> and then she went. I, I didn't air on. I did not air this, but that same that same Asian or Asian lady, she went and she actually interviewed Hari Hursty, and like he got uncomfortable. It was crazy. Anyways, we'll play a little bit more of this. Don't do anything about that. Our great country will become a hell hole. Okay, and
Clinton in the Vietnam, a South government, but alongside with Americans. In the battles in the 60s to the last day, we lost the country to communist. And he spent seven years as a prisoner of war in the communist camp, hot labor camp. My whole family, I mean hundreds and millions of families have been persecuted their whole life to this day. Okay? So, if, and the first thing they did is, the communists, they took all the guns away. They took all the servicemen away because you had no power, you had no gun in your hand. Okay? So, protect the Second Amendment and do everything you can and it's back from the ground levels up. So, if you want to do something about it, my friend is going to be packing around the flyers and we're going to try to connect with people in every office. Go to the school board meeting, go to the town hall meeting, elect the right people in the office. Okay? Thank you so much. And yes, we need to recount to our whole state of the Fun stuff. Okay. So now, does <laughs> the Laura Loomer look alike? Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, that's cool. I mean, I can't wait to get out to rallies and events myself, but I just, I, I, I caution people just. We are in false flag season. I'm not trying to put out bad juju. I'm not trying to project it. I think I think we all have a certain amount of protection around us at this point. But I would say just be aware of anything. And then, uh, yes, there's a very good uh, discussion about patience going on in the chat room. Well, I must say I pray for action. I pray for justice. And I pray for peace. Um, but I have the patience of mountains, so I don't need to pray for patience. <laughs> I am a very patient person. Anyways, okay. But yes, guys. All right. So we're going to wrap it up with this. Okay. So now you all remember that we had um, these fraudsters, these fraud auditors, right? And they finally released their report. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to play a little bit of them talking about it. Um, and keep in mind this Hari Hursty's a big fraud. Like this guy can switch a um, a, a Diebold election um, uh, memory card like that. And, and, and here's the thing that I'm thinking this whole time is he's trying to, to me, it sounds like he's covering up and he's covering over. Um, but during the actual audit in Wyndham on a Wednesday night, the cameras were out for an hour and a half. Now, this was supposed to be a 24-hour live stream. They got rid of the uh, of the uh, they got rid of the people, the business, of whatever that was doing the live stream. They replaced that company. Whoever was running that live stream, where it failed for an hour and a half on that Wednesday night, they got rid of them. They replaced them. Now, here's something that people don't seem to be focusing on: when they looked at those machines the next day, two of them, the seals where the memory cards go had been tampered with. They were still there, but they had been obviously removed and then slapped back on. They were like crinkled and stuff like that. No one seems to be talking about this, right? And then on top of that, when Hari Hursty was doing his memory card analysis, he even said, it was even reported by one of the local reporters that it would take them 45 minutes per each card to do it. Okay. And he seems to be saying the opposite in this interview I'm about to show you. And it also goes against the whole notion that he could do this thing in 45 minutes. 
I mean, that he could he could he could hack into a machine before anything even happened. So, anyways, here's just a little bit of snidbit of these fraudsters. They, I mean, they really need to do a full forensic audit in in I was saying Austin in New Hampshire. You could see for a fact because their whole point in doing this audit was to show that the machines made the error. There was no fraud, and if there's no fraud, then they don't have to do a forensic audit of the whole state. This was a cover job. This job was to cover up everything that they did in New Hampshire to protect LHS Incorporated, to protect the corrupt secretaries of states, and to protect the corrupt governors running nor uh, running New England at this day and hour. It is necessary to what she's suggesting the churches do. I'll focus on that's not necessarily the greatest generation in the 30s or 40s. Welcome to this live panel discussion involving the Wyndham Town Audit. I'm Keith Hansen, the host of the Keith Hansen Show and also the Daily Review. Certainly appreciate your joining us on this beautiful Sunday, the 13th day of June 2021. As we're well aware, the story coming out of Wyndham, New Hampshire has made national news. It's made national headlines. Whether or not we want to discuss this as fraud or simply anomaly, the main point remains, anomalies existed. What was put into the machines, what came out of the machines, and the results of the audit, there's a variance. So for the purposes of this evening, we're not going to be looking at this from a standpoint of fraud. We're not going to take this as the approach of fraud. We're going to be looking at this as an exploration into the numbers. And more importantly, you see how they have already set this whole thing up? Oh, there's fraud and there's an anomaly, but we're not going to look at this as fraud. We're going to look at this as an anomaly. They're already starting the whitewash over in New Hampshire. And this is this is their official report, by the way, their official report. Why those anomalies occurred. Now, as we're well aware, Senate Bill 43, authored by New Hampshire State Senator Bob Gaida, compelled the attorney general and the secretary of state's office to conduct this audit of the Wyndham vote. That Wyndham vote took place between Tuesday, May 11th and Thursday, May 21st. Pursuant to Senate Bill 43, the analysts have 45 days in which to return their findings to the Secretary of State and the Attorney General's office. Joining us this evening is New Hampshire State Senate District 2 Senator Bob Guida, the author of Senate Bill 43, and the analysts that made up that Wyndham audit team. Joining us tonight is Hari Hursty. He was selected as an analyst by the New Hampshire Secretary of State and the New Hampshire Attorney General's Office. Mark Lindemann, who was the analyst selected by the town of Wyndham, and Philip Stark, selected by analysts Hursty and Lindemann. All of them join us tonight to discuss their findings. At this point, I would like to turn it over to New Hampshire State Senator, representing New Hampshire State Senate District 2, Senator Bob Guida. Senator. 
Thank you, Keith. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, and uh, first, let me start by apologizing for our, our tardy start. Uh, we had some technical issues that we resolved, and so here we are. Uh, the purpose of this uh, viewing tonight is to provide a status report on the uh, results so far on process, on method, on qualifications, and so forth of the auditors, but to help provide people with a, a, a perspective that is accurate. Uh, we are at the confluence of a great deal of emotion nationally, a great deal of investigation and inquiry nationally on the uh, conduct of the election in November 3rd, 2020. Uh, within that, uh, we had in New Hampshire uh, the largest vote count discrepancy in New Hampshire history, numerically, and because of that, uh, we requested the Attorney General to investigate, uh, ultimately requiring passing a law to require the Attorney General to investigate uh, this discrepancy. Uh, and so um, that law, Senate Bill 43, uh, had some specific requirements. Uh, which I believe our analysts will will detail uh, as they begin their presentation. But before we go down that road, uh, let me just say that this is a very small piece of a much larger picture of in investigating what happened uh, in our elections in New Hampshire. Um, and within the context of Senate Bill 43, uh, the analysts uh, are, have performed their duties, completed the physical part of the audit, and are now in the process of writing the review and, and, uh, and the report that they will deliver to the Secretary of State uh, and the ballot law commission and the attorney general and the public. Uh, I'd, I'd like to allow these gentlemen uh, to introduce themselves. Uh, and initially, I'd like to start with Harry Hursty. Uh, Harry, if you wouldn't mind, tell us about your background uh, and uh, we'll go from there. Harry Hursty, I'm a lifelong security researcher. Here comes Harry with his cover up. Look at him. Oh, God, I can't stand this guy inventor and also hacker uh, because that's a positive word i was also the first guy to show how u.s voting machines are vulnerable uh how, also by this particular machine used in new hampshire how it's vulnerable and developing mitigation strategies how you make those vulnerabilities to be least likely to be ever exploited so thank you for having me and this has been very exciting to do this research and, and look for the anomaly which was found and find explanations because again guys as long as they can as long as they could blame the folding machines and the voting machine discrepancy they can say there was no fraud they didn't hack the memory cards they didn't do any of that stuff the dominion software had nothing to do with it as long as they can use the folding machines in windham only it didn't happen anywhere else in the state or in any of the other four states that lhs uses these same machines that's not connecticut massachusetts vermont or maine aside from new hampshire as long as they can blame it on that scapegoat they don't have to do a forensic audit or so they think but I guess we'll see how that plays out with the people of New Hampshire, right? Uh, next, I'd like to talk to, uh, ask Mark Lindemann. Mark, if you wouldn't mind, share a little bit about your background and, and uh, what you brought, uh, you know, what you brought forth as part of the team today. Uh, this, I should say, under the audit. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm Mark Lindemann. Uh, briefly, because my broadband's a little unstable. Um, I'm a political scientist by training. Uh, that's his computer, not mine, guys. <laughs> Am I here? 
I've worked on audits uh, and uh, election verification in general for over a decade. Um, I'm currently the acting co-director of Verified Voting, and I spend all my time at the intersection of elections and technology. So, Okay, so we remember Verified Voting, right? Verified Voting, okay, they're the people who had two credible credible individuals leave their organization because it was said that um, that they were doing uh, activities that would question the credibility of that agency. And then this man signed a letter over to Maricopa County telling him not to pursue a forensic audit in Arizona. Why is Mark Lindemann of Verified Voting up in the Northeast sending a letter to Arizona to tell them to stop doing the forensic audit. And yet this man is going to be all about uh, a fair and transparent election. I mean, audit in Wyndham, highly unlikely. So I was the designee from the town of Wyndham um, and uh, very happy to offer my services. Mark, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks. I did you just prompt me? I couldn't hear what was being said. Uh, I, I'm Philip Stark. I'm a professor of statistics at the University of California at Berkeley. Uh, oh, a Berkeley man. Now, we're, we're, we're not going to play this whole thing, obviously. I just want you guys to see their faces. This guy, Philip Stark, is appointed by Nancy Pelosi and Chucky e. Schumer to work for the EAS. Okay, he works with the EAS and the election assistance, whatever it is. He was appointed by Nancy Pelosi and Chucky e. Schumer. This man right here. All three of these guys are wrapped up in the same. And that's not to mention, like we talked about on the C Report a few weeks ago or maybe a week ago, Hari Hursty actually went and did a speech. He actually talked to the people at the United Nations about coming to America and observing and recording all of the activities during the elections. Again, this is the this is the episode where we talked about how the National Association of Secretary of States and the National Association of Electoral Board Supervisors the same supervisors who are now in question in Georgia. This is the same episode we talked about these guys. And we talked about how it's all corrupt and how they're nonprofit organizations. But yet somehow they're the ones who are the pivot point for all of these elections in all of the states. I just want you to see their faces. We'll, fill up with, we'll finish with this dude right here. Um, I have a background in physics as well. Um, I've been working on election integrity in a serious way since about 2007. Um, I'm uh, the inventor of something called risk limiting audits, uh, which are in law in a number of states and have been piloted in uh, probably close to a dozen by now. I currently serve on the board of advisors of the U.S. Election Assistance Commission as well. All right, they're all your rats, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> they're all your New Hampshire rats. So they're right about to release their report. We have the people of New Hampshire rallying to get a forensic audit. We'll see what happens up there in New Hampshire. I'm pretty sure that they'll get something going too. I definitely have faith that there this will be something that will move forward in all of the states. I mean, to me, all 50 states need to be audited. Every single state needs to be audited. 
Hands down, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, now as promised, the last story that we're going to do for tonight has to do with bullets. Okay, because we were talking about this yesterday on the show that I'm going to let you go. Um, uh, so uh, it was it was done told that millions of bullets were stolen in central Mexico. Uh, heist. Now, let me see who who done told us that. Was it uh, looking? Was it looking up? It might have been looking up. Yeah, looking up. All right, looking up. Here's your story, looking up. Let's talk a little bit about it. Um, it says, an armed group stole an estimated 7 million rounds of ammunition being transported through central Mexico last week. But the manufacturer says that uh, most are small caliber bullets um, that will likely be useless to cartels. Okay, I mean, I mean, maybe cartels can't use them, but I'm sure someone else could, right? Uh, it says the gunman robbed the trucks carrying the ammunition, which was bound for the United States on June 9th, intercepting the route in the municipality of San Luis de la Paz. According to local reports, the drivers and security personnel were not harmed during the robbery and the trucks were later found with the trailers emptied. Last Friday, a representative for the company said in a statement that almost all of the bullets stolen, about 98.5%, were 22 caliber, which are mostly used for target practice and for hunting very small game. These bullets do not match the types of guns that members of Mexican drug cartels typically use, which tend to be high caliber rifles such as AK-47 or the AR-15, or they use 9mm firearms according to the Associated Press. Okay, but still, you got 7 million bullets, and what, 1.5% of them are not 22 caliber bullets. I think that's still a pretty good chunk of bullets, if you ask me, that are going to be more for, a, a, you know, bigger than small game type bullets. Don't ask me, though. I'm not a huge gun I mean, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I've learned a little bit over the span of time. But it says these will be of no use to them, uh, given that they don't use these weapons. I mean, still, I mean, still, still, even 1% of 2 million, 7 million is still quite a bit of bullets. You know what I mean? And um, I, I remember just uh, looking up with saying in uh, the comment boxes that, um, you know, kind of putting two and two together, they're headed for the United States, reading the writing on the wall. I just think about uh, Trump going down to the border. Like I get a little bit of anxiety when I think about him going down to the border right now, only because uh, to me, the cartel or anyone from down there. Uh, and I'm pretty, you know, I'm in San Antonio. We're not too, we're a hop, skipping a jump away, right? But uh, I just think that they they would do something like that. <laughs> if anyone was capable of doing something like going on a wild shooting spree, uh, it would be someone uh, from Mexico or a cartel person. Because what do they got to lose? I don't know. I know a bunch of people down there. I'm not racist, damn it. Okay, anyways. Okay, the story concludes the ammunition, which is manufactured in the city of Cuernavaca. Uh, is sold in the United States under the brand name Aquila. <coughs> Excuse me. According to Insight Crime, some of the ammunition was for high-powered weapons such as an AR-15 or an M16, but it's unclear what portion. No group in Mexico has claimed responsibility for the crime of Tuesday. A previous high-profile case of stolen ammunition in Mexico occurred last July when about 28,000 bullets vanished from a police force in the town of Siloa. Through the ammunition, though the ammunition was later returned. So, okay, that's a pretty interesting story there. I would keep my ears to the ground on that one just to see what could possibly happen. Hopefully, nothing, but I mean, stolen ammunition is never a good thing, especially when it's headed to the States and the president is headed to the border. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for you tonight. I went a little bit over time now, but you know what? I get to do that now that I go on at 7.30. So I hope you guys had a great night. Enjoyed the show. We will be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow is what? Is tomorrow Thursday? Oh, today's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. Wow. Okay. I was a day ahead on Tuesday, and now I'm a day behind on Thursday. Okay. I don't know. I guess the trade-off is there somewhere. I guess that equals Wednesday, right? Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you guys tomorrow. God willing. In the meantime, make sure you have a great night. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, wait. I almost forgot to release the lotto ticket. Okay. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do this. I totally agree. Always. I'm always up for that. Yep. Looking up the rest for AKs and ARs, right? I mean, that's still uh, even 1% still quite a bit of bullets, right? Okay, guys, let's go ahead and release the lotto ticket has been released. Best of luck. May the gold pills ever be in your favor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a fun night. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see what's up for tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. And then we will do a um, we will do a Lone Star News most likely on Sunday. So if you guys are in the state of Texas or if you just like to come and hang out with us, we will be doing a Lone Star News. It's a new program I'll be doing most likely on Sundays on the weekend. Uh, so that will be different from the C Report. It'll be just Texas News. Um, so if you have a love for the state of Texas, if you are a resident or if you just like to hang out, like I said, make sure you check it out. But in the meantime, in between time, have a great night and we will see you tomorrow.